The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. All right, weird episode of UFC Unfiltered. Weird in a good way. Matt and I are here, of course. We are joined by the great John Jones in studio. And then Matt and I wrap up. And I left and Matt left. We're supposed to have Dana White, but Dana's schedule is all fucked up. And then what happens is we leave, Dana's available, so I run back, Matt's on a train, I talk to Dana. So we're going to insert Dana right after John Jones, and then you're going to hear the rest with me and Matt. But don't think that Dana didn't want to talk to Matt, or that Matt was taking a shit. That's not what happened. Jaws are dropped throughout this arena. Nobody is sitting down. Chasing that finish. Elbows raining down. Oh! On the button. Are you kidding me? Oh, he heard him again. He's out. This is UFC Unfiltered. And now, your hosts, Jim Norton and Matt Serra. Finally, we're in the same room. It's good to be back, Jimmy. I know it's been about a month since Matt and I have been together. Yeah. And we're starting with a room full of people. I walk yes. up, and uh, you know, we, we knew John was coming in today. We, we had it rumored, but a lot of times guests cancel last minute, so I didn't have my hopes up until I saw you outside. And I'm like, wow, you're actually here before Matt or me. So welcome to the show, John. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. The great John Jones. Let me just Pleasure. put that applause button. Let me tell you we something. need a better applause. We do. It's kind of just kind of weak. It's a real tepid little happy, yeah. but it's the best one we have. Is, is there a applause button for Conor McGregor, maybe? A little something louder. No, this is what Conor gets. I give him the slow, the slow, the Longo clap, I call it. Yeah, especially after that There's last There's a fight. Weidman clap, because I like Weidman so much, and Longo, you know, I've been, I know him for over 20 years, get on my nerves a little. I give him the Longo clap. It's like a slow clap. Right. Like, you're not doing too good at a comedy club. It's like, eh, I'm glad I didn't get that know? one. No, you got, no, you no. got, That's we're the best so way happy you're here. <laughs> you're right. We're happy you're back in the UFC, man. I mean, not that you're ever gone, but it's happy that you have a fight coming up, and uh, you're very missed. I mean, for a Thank while, you. Connor was not fighting. Ronda's gone. I mean, there was no superstars uh, yeah. for, for the UFC. Yeah, I felt the same way. Yeah, I'm super, super grateful to be back. More grateful to have my job than ever before. Um, and yeah, man, I'm, I'm going to do uh, my best to do something with it, man, and try to hang on to it this time. Can you talk about what ha- Just tell us what happened. I mean, we don't know exactly what happened. And one minute you were fighting, the next minute you weren't. What was it? Uh, you know, basically, uh, you, fought, you sort of found uh, some substance that ends up in your body, um, and um, I, I guess it's not even a steroid. It's it's like something that comes up in your body for for people who has taken steroids or whatever. But anyways, there was there was this substance in me. There was a super small amount of it inside of my body, and um, 
a super small amount of it in my body, and uh, I pretty much had to be suspended until they figured out what was going on with me. And didn't they uh, they say that it would have been crazy for you to take it because it was like right before the competition? So like, why would you have done it if it was on purpose? Because yeah, it, it wouldn't have done anything anyway. Yeah, what we were able to figure out was that you know it got into my body somewhere uh, around th- uh, two to three weeks before the fight, and um, and we were also able to figure out that it came into my body orally. And we were able to figure out that whatever it was, uh, 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 it was it. What they said was it was like taking a, gr- a pinch of salt and throwing it into an Olympic-sized swimming pool. They they said you saw it said themselves. It was such a small amount in your body, John. There's no way possibly that this could infect you and, and negatively or positively. It, it, look, it was probably something that was tainted. I mean, obviously, every bit of trouble I've ever gotten into has happened orally. So <laughs> I certainly understand problem after problem. That's great. <laughs> yeah, trip great. to the doctor after trip to the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> you nasty man. I am. I'm a disgusting individual, but I do understand trouble that comes from that. Yeah. So, no, what, what finally happened when they said, okay, we understand, we, we believe you? Um, pretty much, we, we just, we, we, they had me do a whole bunch of, a whole bunch of stuff to just like, kind of, prove my innocence and, and at the end of the whole situation they just said you know john this is you know we've we're the same company with lance armstrong you know the russian wrestling team uh giacova freaking marion jones you know we've tested all the highest level athletes and they're a real deal company and they're basically they don't pull strings and favors i've heard all types of weird shit um and they don't do that for anybody they basically said you know our scientists were able to tell that this was a total mistake no one's no one's taken oral steroids um uh two weeks before an event looking to get better as a fighter and no one's taken it at this amount this is such a small amount this is uh this is obviously uh um some kind of contaminated uh, supplement or whatever, in which we were able, never able to figure out where it came from. But they said it's such a small amount, John. We're not in the business of ruining people's careers. We're just that's not why we're here. They're looking for cheaters, not we're, trying to ruin people's careers. Yeah, yeah. Well, now, did you think your career might be over at that point? What, how long were you facing in a suspension? Was, was it a four-year suspension. I was, I was facing a four-year suspension, and uh, and it was terrible, man. It was it was it was a terrible, shitty, scary time in my life for real. Depressing, yeah. truly depressing. I actually had to go to counseling this summer. I was so depressed and so miserable and so sad too. Are you thinking like what's gonna happen with the rest of my life? Yeah man. Well like like if I if I if I had done steroids and I got caught, then I'd take it like a man and I'd just say, fuck it. I got caught. Let me go and fight in Russia or somewhere or somewhere where everyone's doing it. Right. And I would just handle it that way. I would just been a man about it. But I was truly devastated because I, I've never taken steroids. And uh and I, now I you know I had to be labeled like a steroid user and possibly be out for four years and I really couldn't handle it. It was terrible. What was the first light at the end of the tunnel? That you saw it and you went, okay, maybe I'll be okay. Light at the end of the tunnel? Um <coughs> The first the, what was the first thing that kinda gave you hope that you would be able to come back and fight a lot sooner? Um What gave me hope? Um everything just kinda started unfolding for me with Usada all at once. You know, they just pretty much was was saying like I had a big meeting. I had a big meeting with uh, one of the heads of USADA, like one of like one of the presidents. And the guy pretty much, he told me, John, I, I'm the person who sat across the table from Lance Armstrong. And he's, he's like, I know when people lie to me. You know, I think he said that he, he was like he had been worked for the FBI or something for years or something like that, or DEA for years or something like that. He's like, John, I've, I've I know when people are lying to me. And we sat and we talked for two hours straight. And he's like, dude, I I believe that 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 this is. Between my science that I have in my lab and what you're saying, it makes no sense for you to do this at this amount right before your fight. I believe you. And uh, 
just ha- just having someone at your side to say, I believe you, now let's figure out how this happened, where this come from. That I think that was the first glimpse of any type of light for me. Now, part of the reason why you were so depressed was, I mean, there's the suspension, which truly sucks, but it really just... You pull you 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 stop DC. That's that you know you see DC is such a fucking stud and everything he's pulling off lately and everything he's done in his career, and you stopped him and that head kick and everything and it just it just taints it. Is that what hurt yeah. you? That um, because of this shit? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's a big it's part be of what frustrating as fuck. Just to be delegitimized and decredited after so many years of sacrifice, it really hurts. Um, you know, just and I and I'm not one to I'm not one to be I'm not sitting here trying to get a poor me train going like oh poor John this blah 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 because I I understand that for the most part most people won't believe me and I, that's something I'm gonna have to live with for the rest of my life and it's fine with me at this point, um but um I don't think many people put themselves in my shoes and what it must feel like if I was innocent what it must feels like to go through something like that it was truly it was truly. Fucking devastating. Did you talk to guys like uh, Junior Dos Santos and a couple other guys had, uh, I think they found the place where they were actually, the, the, the supplements were tainted. Yeah, it was a Brazilian compounding uh, factory or whatever it is. Right, and they yeah. were all kind of exonerated. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, they kind of, a fucking Brazilian compound factory, they deserve to be suspended if they're going to a, where are they well, going to? It may to? not be the smartest to fucking place. Amazon to get some supplements? Well, they live I don't know. They live in Brazil. I'm sorry about that, but I just think that, you know, they got to be a little bit more careful. All right, my just so just for the record, my coach is Brazilian. Is he eyeing me up? Come on, we had a nice conversation before. I was gonna say Matt. Matt's the only one in this room that won't die. So no, come on, we had a nice conversation before. (laughs) I'm not attacking all Brazilians, Master Henzo. I just had a nice conversation before, and he explained to me because Master Henzo Gracie has these shirts called uh, Fodasi and this and that, and he's always hashtagging Fodasi everywhere. So I am, I'm sorry. Give me your name one more to time. Roberto Alencar. Roberto, fuck man, I'm sorry, Roberto. Gracie Baja. Uh, oh, Gracie Baja. That's yeah. fucking. That's where I trained him when I was in Brazil. All right, but let me get back on track. So I asked him, "What does Fodasi mean?" Because I asked Henzo. Guy never texts me back. He's all over the world. I go, "What the fuck does Fodasi mean?" You know? Would you know? Of course, but what, you, you tell. What, me. No, no, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, how would I know? <laughs> so he explained it to me. Come on over here for a second. Can you explain to the world what this means? For all the haters, who cares? You know, for the sea, whatever you come to judge me, who cares? For the sea, I like it. For the sea, I like it. Yes, I. That's like the photo scene right there. That applause button. I like that. I like it. Like, who cares? Like You're gonna it. judge me? Ah, photo scene. Fuck you. Is that right? Fuck you. Is it, is it, is it vulgar? Oh, it is a curse. <laughs> oh. Boha. I got a boha. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> so. So, so you're kind that's of great. like uh, you're kind of feeling like all right, this is tainted and that hurts that people might think. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, man. Yeah, it, it was devastating to be delegitimized. Like I said, as a fighter, we put our lives on the line. We put our bodies. I mean, our brain cells. You know, we put it all on the line. And uh, and and to have been doing this for ten years and all the miles and all the push-ups and shit, and then for people to say, oh, well, he that's how he won and that's how he's been winning. Uh, it, it it really sucks. It really sucks. But you know, at the end of the day, people are going to always believe what they want to believe. If you honestly want to convince yourself that I've masterminded uh, Nevada State Athletic Commission for this long, and and USADA, uh, if you honestly believe that that's the business I'm in, then then you're stupid. You've you've had a couple of uh, look. You know, you're a young guy, and you're one of the biggest athletes in the world, and you had your mishaps, which a lot of guys do. Yeah. Do you feel like now you're 31, you kind of put a lot of that behind you? Like yeah. I got a lot of the wild shit done, and now it's I have eight or nine more great years of fighting. Yeah, honestly, honestly, 
uh, Jimmy, I, I've been pretty chilled out for a while now. People, a lot of people know me from the sport, but they really don't know me. A lot, very few people really know much about who I actually am outside of people that hang out at Jackson's MMA or my management team. Most people in the sport really don't know me. Um, and uh, and uh, the truth of the matter is, I've been a pretty chilled out guy for a long time now, dude. I used to, when I used to travel, I used to could not could not wait to go to a bar or to the strip club and just be out on the scene. And now, dude, when I go to Vegas, you never see me out. I don't. I haven't been out in so long. I um, I chill nowadays. I've I've had some misfortunes, man. To to take a dick pill, um, and to end up suspended from work and being accused of a cheater. Who expects shit like that to happen to them? Nobody, bro. I, I, and and then uh, and then to have a metabolite, you know, uh, like like a pinch of salt. They said it was that was in me to end up in my body. It, it's like. It's like uh, if you actually knew me, you'd actually know. You know, the John Jones business is actually all right. You know, I'm not nearly as wild as I used to be. I, I don't do nearly the shit that I used to to do. I've just had the last two years have been really mi misfortune, man. Right. A dick pill and then a, and then metabolites of steroids. But you know, the image says this guy's wild. He hasn't learned shit. He's wild. Blah blah blah. blah. Being wild and not learning shit is getting into a hit and run car accident or doing shit like that. And shit like that hasn't happened. That was almost four years ago now. And uh, you're fighting Gustus on the 29th. It's, it's the main event in uh, UFC 232. There's a great co-main, too, uh, Cyborg against Amanda Nunes, which is a fight that everybody kind of wants to see. Oh, yeah. Are you more... In that one point, you're going out, you're a young guy, you're, you're the new champion, it's like you're a celebrity. Do you appreciate your career more now that, that you had to kind of fight to keep it? Like, yeah. do, do you feel more grateful to be doing this and not like... You understand what I mean? Yeah, like, absolutely. I, I, I'm definitely way more grateful uh, for my career than I used to be, for sure. Um, like I said, like when you when you do wild shit and you uh, and you jeopardize your career, it's it's like one thing. But kind of having it taken away, like being called blindsided and, and saying, "Hey, you're stripped from your title. TMZ's getting ready to release it in about 25 minutes. You and your publicist might want to think about what your story is going to be." And you you know you're you're done. You're, you've done steroids. It's like. Uh, and in that case, I felt like it was taken from me. I felt like I, I did nothing wrong to lose my career in this last situation. I felt like it was taken from me. And when you get it taken from you, man, it hurts so bad. Like I said, if you've been doing dirt and you got caught, that's one thing. But when you look yourself in the mirror and you know you've never done steroids, it hurts fucking tremendously bad. And uh, and uh, and when you get it back, man, you just you want to do everything to protect it. Like nowadays, I don't even I don't even drink water. I don't trust people. You know, I've been doing interviews all day. I've had so many people ask, "Hey, do you guys want a cup of coffee?" I'm not drinking your fucking coffee because I don't know. <laughs> yes. I, don't know. Yeah. I put Cialis in my own. But I won't. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just, it's just, it's just. You just learn that life's not always so sweet, and you got to protect yourself, and you, and and or or people will catch you slipping, man. And be a little more careful. Now, yeah. you sort of said that you might you you were assisting. What does that mean? They said you were assisting with something else. I I assisted them with with a lot of things. Pretty much, I had to give them full access to my life. Okay. And and you know and answer questions true. And honestly, and under oath, you know, USADA is a government-ran uh, agency, and so you can't lie to those guys about right. things. Um, so yeah, yeah, I totally did. You know, everything I had to do uh, to get my job back, man. Now, the, the word uh, <clears throat> Jimmy was telling me to ask this. He was asking about the word snitch. Right. I go, right. Jimmy, don't you fucking do it, Jimmy. <laughs> right. I this guy's one of the most dangerous guys on the planet. He goes, right. Matt, you ask it. Right. <laughs> Now, do, do, you believe, now, do you believe? Well, that? Hey, listen, do you John believe Jones. that I actually asked him to ask that? Now, look, no, it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> I would ask it myself. I would never ask somebody to ask a question. Listen, he don't, he's an open book. You don't give a shit. Right. Vodasi, man. Right. I don't know. Right. John Jones. So, so uh, the thing with the whole snitching situation, uh, 
you started pretty much um they ask you they ask you to assist with you know if you know anything in in, in sports uh uh that has anything to do with performance enhancing and uh I was grateful to be able to look them in the eyes and tell them no you know, I know nobody uh, in our sport that does steroids. I really don't. I have a lot of guys that I speculate, guys from other camps. I got guys from my camp that that I speculate. Um, but there's there's no there's nobody in my camp that I know does steroids. And um, and and I, I answer that answer that question honestly. And I don't even and know so. if it's snitch like in, in that where you guys could kill each other. Uh, is it snitching if you're telling that somebody is doing something that could get somebody else killed? I don't even know if I would consider that snitching. The, the whole snitching thing is just weird to me. It's like, the whole snitching thing is weird to me. It's like, I feel like snitching is considered snitching when you are telling on someone that you're supposed to be loyal to. Right. If, I, if you don't know a motherfucker, then if I tell someone, <laughs> I don't know you, why am I a snitch? And what are we yeah. in? What are we in prison now? What snitching? What are we in high school? What are we all mobsters? Like, like. Yeah, snitching is I, I consider snitching is telling somebody that you are supposed to be loyal to somebody who trusted you somebody that you know somebody that is in your like if I if I told one of these like my manager or one of my teammates personal business that's snitching yeah. if I told something I know about Matt Sarah me and yeah. Matt don't know each other every we don't hang out every day that's true so and that's I the, am on TRT for the record <laughs> <laughs> I am I'm retired <laughs> yeah. Aussie, man. Okay. Fuck yeah. it. but Matt but, but you get what I'm saying me telling somebody that I'm not obligated to 100%. Hold, so yeah. that's not considered snitching right. you know what I mean so so uh, yeah, it's it's something that gets thrown around a lot, you know. And uh, was I asked if I knew anything about about uh, steroids and MMA? I was asked that, and my my dead honest on the record, my dead honest answer is no. So yeah, they they asked you and you answered honestly. So you don't yeah. you don't care what the label is. If other people put it on you, it doesn't matter. Whatever they think it doesn't they think. matter, dude. At the end of the day, man, like, dude, motherfuckers will will do what they have to do to delegitimize delegitimize somebody who's done a lot of great things in the in the sport. You know what I mean? And, and and that's the position I'm in, dude. People won't just give it to me and say, "Hey, you know, the, the dude is just good at what he does." You know, people are always going to blame things and 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 label you as things and stuff. It, it's the cause of being a relevant athlete in your game. And what about you know the the, the fight question too, where you've talked about moving up to a, because I remember you you were talking about fighting Brock, and now they're talking about DC fighting Brock at heavyweight. You're fighting Gustafson at light heavyweight. Is there any desire to move up? Because there's a few two-belt champions, and if yeah. you are to win this fight, I mean, it's, he was a very tough fight the first time. Is there any uh, desire for you to move up and fight at heavyweight as well? Yeah, I would like to fight at heavyweight. Um, I think fighting Daniel Cormier at heavyweight would be, I feel like now is the time to capture the heavyweight belt. I do believe that I have his number. I believe the only difference in me, him, him, me and him fighting at heavyweight would be he'll be physically a lot stronger than what I'm used to him being. Um, I believe he'd probably punch a little harder. I believe I believe I punch a lot harder. Um, I, I do believe that if I want to capture the heavyweight championship, doing it against a guy like DC would be ideal. You think you'd be able to do it? I I, I feel like I have his number. Yeah. Because you and I spoke one time, and I asked you about possibly moving up to heavyweight, and you said, "Well, somebody who's like on the smaller side." Yeah. And then you called out Brock Lesnar, yeah. which I thought was really uh, funny. He's you know, funny. yeah, Brock Lesnar's a massive. Yeah, he's a huge, scary man. But I just know the payday. I, I used to never ha. think about the payday. I used to. I used to like feel like I had too much pride, like as a martial artist, we shouldn't bring up money. It's not traditional martial arts way to be, and all. But at the end of the day, man, it, we're martial artists, and but it's okay to be aware of money as well. And uh, it's a job. It's a job. It really is. And Conor McGregor's done a great job of showing us all that, dude. You gotta talk a little shit. You gotta know when to put a collared shirt on. You gotta know when to do all this shit. And that's where the game is turning. So, uh, so yeah. Now you know my my psychology is to be the best, and but I feel like my pride towards being the best. 
is is more serious at light heavyweight. I feel like if I were to somehow come up short at heavyweight, it's like look how small the dude is. He tried at least, and it takes a lot of courage to be fifty pounds lighter than a dude and still challenge yourself. And that that's something to be set for. But lose to light heavyweight is not acceptable to me. Right. Did you um, happen to catch over the weekend the uh, Chuck Liddell Tito Ortiz? I I saw like memes and highlights uh, online. Okay. I haven't seen the whole thing. I heard first round knockout. Tito Ortiz. End of the first, yeah. It was. Yeah. It, it I was going to say thoughts. I, I would thoughts. say, you know, look, I, I love Chuck. I, I, I didn't want to see him fight. No one ever wants to see a guy who's was he forty eight now? Yeah, I forty seven. I, I was like, I, I was. He was slower, you know. But again, he's. I think he's eight years since his last fight. Um, yeah, it was sad to see. Cause I, it, it I love Liddell. A place I would try not to be, man. You know, I ideally it'd be great to see something like what Matt's doing. You know, transitioning, using your other skills. To continue being successful, you know, doing real estate, having your own gym, yeah. being able to use your voice and things like that. That's ideal. Um, what you don't want to do is, is you know, is your last fight to be, you know, you not being able to take a punch and then you being some, for some reason, being back in there. I would imagine it's a financial thing. Like Cormier is doing it right. we don't want to be. Cormier is doing it right because he's already doing broadcasting and he's good at it. Right. So he'll just step right into that. Yeah. And, that, and that's, that's kind of where you want to be, what, exactly what he's doing. You know, I, you can easily see him having his own gym eventually doing commentary, broadcasting, exactly. So, you know, that's the idea for myself is, is, uh, is to be a, a gym owner or, or just to be the trainer of, of a few elite athletes and give them my all, then to be uh, past my prime or, and it's still in there, you know, with the young bucks. It seemed, it's so hard, I guess, for fighters. It just seemed like everyone has a couple of fights. You know, with Ali, it was, he fights Larry Holmes, he fights Trevor Burbank. Like, these guys, it's, it's so hard, I guess, for somebody who's in their late 30s or 40s to say, I'm done. To get, well, one thing about me is I, I've been suspended. Uh, I've, I've spent three years in suspension while in my prime. So I've, I've been able to have that ability to, to ask myself and realize who am I outside of the sport. You know, it's like, right. when, you know what I mean? It's like when I, when you, three years I've spent, like I, like three out of the last five years I've been suspended. So I have an idea of how people will treat me when I'm not John Jones, UFC fighter champion anymore. I have an idea of what will happen when I don't have any sponsorships and how money should be going and flowing and how fast I'm spending it compared to how fast you, I make it. Did you learn a budget in the last couple of years? <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> 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 Fucking absolutely I did. <laughs> Sometimes. It sucks when you have sorry, It sucks when you have to budget when you're used to not having to budget, and all of a sudden you have to. I, I was I was at a point I was making over a hundred thousand dollars a month in sponsorships, and and when you live like that, you get used to being able to just you don't even consider it blowing money. You just it's all in your means, and when it's, and when the money's not coming in, you definitely have to look at everything differently and and just be more mature, and responsible. So it's a blessing and a curse, you know, to be suspended in the middle of your career because you really get a good picture and it humbles you too. It, it, it's a beautiful thing, man. I think part of it is the money thing with this, the, the fight that happened with Chuck and, and Tito. But I think part of it, like for Chuck Liddell, I think I think that guy just true. It's, you said a good thing about your identity outside of the sport. And I'm not saying he doesn't have one. I don't know, but I don't, I think he tried, I believe him when he says he truly loves it. Yep. And I believe he loved not only did he love? I, I don't. I saw his post-fight uh, Instagram something post, and it was ah, uh, you know, um, come back with your shield or on it, and this and you know, almost like you win some, you lose some. I got caught, and he loved every minute of it. Now he's doing the after party. I think not that he didn't give a fuck. Obviously, he was probably devastated, but he just loved the. He if if you asked if you could do it again with the same outcome, I think he'd do it again. Yeah, I think he would love that. And I don't know if it's a great thing as a guy that. 
has fighters that younger fighters that are um or getting older now that still want to do it and you know it's not right for them because their reflexes are just not there yeah they get their lights put out and that's something that obviously never happened to you or even happened to, i mean besides that back fist a few times i never really had the i never got my my lights put out where these guys when you get your light put out it's just that much quicker for it to go out again you watch this last fight with tito i mean you watch this fight with chuck and tito tito was stalking him Stalking yeah. him, yeah, and it was right. a, and Chuck it was a was, jab, Chuck, really. It that, was, you know, wow. it just, yeah. it was. It, it, I don't want to say it was sand because I know Chuck had a good time. Yeah, but I for people, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, no, I, I think it's the high. I think it's the high it that is? he's missing. You know, it, it, Chuck Liddell is like he's godlike in our sport. I mean, he's he's a big reason why I started, why I considered mixed martial arts. I was out in college in Iowa Central Community College, and I went to this townie party, and Chuck Liddell was the first UFC fight I ever saw. And I've never seen a bunch of grown men just marvel over another person like this yeah. and and that's when i realized what what this what this sport can be and, and you know chuck liddell man he's a he's you know even an old version man fans are fans are fired oh, up yeah. about chuck whenever i talk about fighting chuck people come at me hardcore fans come at me like <laughs> don't you ever disrespect the legend oh. or you respect your elders respect the pioneers yeah. and you know chuck you know so so just to be back in the scene and to wear a fresh mohawk and to have people screaming his name and well, the walkout and the after party, I'm sure he missed being at that level of everything. And I'm happy for him that he got to feel it one more time because it's really a beautiful thing. And he had a job at the UFC for a long time, and then he didn't have one once the, uh, the, the it was sold. And I wonder if that affected him at all, too, because even though he wasn't fighting, it was he would still come into the arena and the whole place would explode when Chuck walked in. It was yeah. it was still something. It's not fighting, but I mean, he had some kind of an income and some kind of an attachment to the UFC. He was in charge of some type of uh, whatever it was, player relation. I mean, far, I'm sorry, fighter relation or something. And I wonder what his relationship is now because he's not even under the UFC banner anymore. I wonder how Dana White feels about him representing. I mean, because he's a UFC household name, and he is. what is he? What did he fight under now? Bellator. It, it might have been Bellator. No, no, no. no. Oh, that was uh, yeah, Oscar De La Hoya. Oh, Oscar yeah. De La Hoya's thing. Right? I'm, I'm yeah. So, yeah. 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 I think Dana lets you know, like after uh, after Demetrius Johnson just left and Eddie Alvarez left, you know, Dana goes, "Hey, look, more power to you if you can make money." He seems to understand that after a certain point, if you have to go and make the money, you know, good nah, for well, you, actually, go make. No, nah, but he cares. He doesn't want Chuck fighting at all because he no. cares for him personally. Right. right. He's a friend, so he doesn't. Because. He, and it's hard to dispute. Like, I mean, listen, it's it's a weird. There's a different. It's a weird thing to talk about because, like, you hear guys saying, "Well, any grown man should be," you know, that that's fine. It's it's his choice. It's his it's his uh, body and it's his life. That's true. But don't you, if, as a guy, that if you care about the guy, don't you want him to be able to throw the ball around with his kid in a couple of years? Absolutely. I mean, you got to look at it like that. I mean, nobody's Absolutely. talking about that. I heard I heard some guys talking about it that I respect, and they're like, "Well, it's." It's, you know, it's his life and, and yada, yada, and every man should be, okay, that's great. Now, you must not give a fuck about the guy because right. I've got fighters under me, and uh, I've talked about this with you off air, Jimmy, and, and you know, they want to continue to fight, and you know they shouldn't fight. Right. You know if you throw that water bottle at their face, it's going to bounce off the head before they go to reach for it. That's the problem. I mean, that's what's going on here, you know. I seen a thing at Chuck Liddell and Tito at, a, at the weigh-in. I just saw it this morning, and it, it, it showed Chuck, uh, Tito flicked his belly a little bit. <laughs> I think if it was Chuck back in the day, the second he touched his belly, smacked that fucking thing. Oh, yeah. You see him like do a little, beep, 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 beep. Chuck's looking at him, and then afterwards, Chuck, and I love Chuck. I'm not attacking him, <laughs> right. but then he kind of looks down, and he's like, oh, okay, you know. Although I could be a little fat there, I don't think it registered right away that he's fucking touching his belly. I'm not. I'm not. Listen, I'm. I'm fucking. Can I just do that to boo myself? No. I love Chuck. I'm not being a dick. Now you notice. No, you could be on something. But these are things that I notice, and I'm like, come on, man. And 
I just think he loved that. And, he, and when you saw, uh, they asked him about retiring, and he said something about, uh, well, he doesn't want to think about it yet, but he, at least he's going to be back in the gym because he enjoyed being back. If not training for himself, he's going to be helped training other people. So I think he just likes, uh, like Rocky, just carrying the buckets. They just want to be around it. And you also you know? said, too, uh, John, you said that you wouldn't address him on Twitter anymore because I guess, is it that you felt like, all right, I, you know, there's nothing, we're not going to fight. Yeah, it's so funny, dude. Because the Chuck Liddell fans actually oh. viciously attacked <laughs> me about that. Somebody wrote me, you're such an asshole for even saying that. I just can't win. Fuck you. Yeah, I mean Chuck's uh, a fighter. He can handle it. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do that with him anymore. Because as you know, it's like he's Chuck Liddell. So because he's a legend, you get a response from me when you call me out. You sure. know what I mean? You're not an up and comer. You're a fucking legend. So yeah. it's like, yeah, I'm not replying to just anybody. You're Chuck Liddell. I don't care how old you are. <laughs> yeah, if he calls you out, you have you, to. Yeah, it's almost disrespectful to ignore him. Yeah, exactly. It's like motherfucker, you you still knock out probably seventy percent of the people walking <laughs> around out here. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm going to take you seriously when you talk about wanting to fight against me. But after seeing what just happened with him and Tito, he's like, dude, now I'm being an asshole. Now that I see what you got left, now I'm just being an asshole by even entertaining fighting. If, if you do that, yeah, because, I mean, there's like, a, what is it, a 17-year difference or 16-year difference between you guys. What do, what do you think of the rest of the d division? I mean, uh, it's changed a lot. It has. It, it's uh, Anthony Smith. I mean, I mean Dominic Reyes is, uh, was there, obviously, but he's making a lot more noise now, yeah. still undefeated. Yeah. So there's some interesting prospects at light heavyweight if you do beat uh, Gustafson. Yeah. Um, yeah, we got, we got uh, uh, Anthony Smith and Dominic Reyes both coming up. Uh, you know, it, it's weird when you be a fighter. You know, my gen my real personality, honestly, is is I'm pretty pretty humble, modest dude. But I understand that right now. I'm talking in front of an interview. You know, and I'm at work, and people want to hear the the fighter side of me, right? And be a, you know, extra confident, cocky, and confident, and all that. And so that's what I'm going to give you guys. And and I'll and I'll, <laughs> and I'll say I'll say that I don't think either one of them are ready. I see major holes in in both of their games. Um, I think Anthony Smith may be closer to title contention, and uh, and uh, and I'd be really excited to fight him. I think I think that'd be that's probably who I should be fighting now as a warm up fight over Alexander Gustafsson. I just I just feel like uh, I just feel like he's just definitely not ready. Um, his last fight, he got tooled on the ground by Vulcan, uh, and Vulcan is a striker. You know, to, to have a striker take your back and ground and pound you from the from the back position for that long is just like. A, you get a wrestler like me on your back, dude. Somebody's gonna be looking for rear nakers to put hooks in. So yeah. somebody's looking to really hurt you. It's I, like you're yeah. not, he's not ready. And Uzdemir, by the way, Matt uh, had the same thing happen when he fought DC. Uh, you know, DC said there, there's levels to this game, and then I, was it the end of the first round? Was it the, se it was early the second, second round? round yeah. You know, the, the you gotta be real, man. You gotta, man. Joe Rogan told me when I uh, Joe Rogan recently came out and was talking about uh, when me and him smoked weed together in his hotel room, which is a true story, and. Uh, <laughs> And, and and he was absolutely right. He told me something the night I beat Stefan Bonner. He told me, he said, John, I've seen many young, dynamic, athletic dudes come through here. Um, he said, John, you won't be shit. And he was, uh, he said it right to my face. He said, you're not going to be shit unless you uh, embrace what it means to be a mixed martial arts fighter. He said, I see people get cut every year. He said, if you don't get your jujitsu down, dude, and get pride and grappling, and, and he's like, you're not going to make it. Yeah, do you do flashy techniques? And. And do you have good wrestling and throws? Yeah, but you got to embrace the whole thing of what it means to be a mixed martial artist. And that's what a lot of people aren't doing. And that's what's giving me a lot of a lot of hope and faith. Even though I'm getting older, I see a lot of these light heavyweights with no ground game. And I'm just like, well, that's my path for career longevity right there. Kind of like how GSP just started taking down people and, just, and, and nobody could get out. And people called him boring towards the end of his career. But he was continuing to win. 
it's like there's there's a huge avenue in the light heavyweight division still that people don't have a ground game. So. And your elbows, nobody. Who's the kid that just fought a kid Walker? Yeah, Johnny Walker. Johnny Walker, yeah. who, uh, who who threw elbow. He's the only guy I've seen use elbows. Like you, I don't know if you saw that fight. It was his, uh -uh. I think his UFC debut. Yeah, it was. Uh, but yeah, there's a few guys there in the division. But I'd rather see you move up to heavyweight if, after you fight Usman. Just there's so many great fights at heavyweight. Yeah, there are. They're, they're definitely high risk, high reward fights for sure. Now you, what you strangled Dan Henderson in a grappling match? Uh, we caught we caught him with a uh, with a uh, head and arm. A head and arm choke. Uh, uh huh. I love the head and arm choke. That's a good one. Yeah, I love it. I it, and it, not always for short and stocky guys because I use my chest with it. When you do it, do you do you when you do the like a Monteleone and hold your own ear or his head? Cause you got those long arms. I go palm to palm. Yeah, we go palm to palm yeah. too. Yeah, palm to palm. Get my head right next to his and just. Push I mean, it. people don't talk about that. I mean, he, he, he fucking strangled Dan Anderson. Which was Dan Anderson, really strong bastard, by the way. He is. Yeah, but you know what? I, I shouldn't get too much credit for that. You know, I'm a lot younger than him, and I was a little heavier than he was too. So. But still. But still, Dan Henderson's a respectable guy. It's a good one for your now, resume for sure. With your jujitsu coach here, Roberto, do you have him wearing a gi at all? You got his blue belt, yes. Yes? Now, it, let me see. Uh, the importance, hold on. Come here, man. Get in here. Get right in there. Get close to this. I like to talk about this, especially with a, a Jedi. Um, the gi. The importance of the gi. Don't you think it's still important, even for guys doing MMA? Uh, or no, are you not a gi guy at all? No, no, definitely, definitely. I believe that you be, I believe the the gi would help you know to tighten it up your game. You know to really know where you have to go to escape or move. You know, counting on the sleepiness, You know yeah. the luck. You know the especially scrambling. athletic guys like John. It could yeah, exactly. possibly it could it could be like just slowing them down for guys that are not as athletic, and that that gets his game better. Do you yeah. make him wear a gi at all? No, I'm putting you in the hot seat. We, we're pushing him. Yeah, pushing a little him bit. The, 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 <laughs> we always wish they can wear more, but yes. once we're in training camp. <laughs> Yeah, I understand. Focus on, on, on a game plan, you know? I, I'll tell you, when I, when, I, when I started working with uh, Tusa was uh, when I realized the importance was when my, my Vitor Belfort fired. One of the first uh. things he taught me was uh, was what I did wrong in that arm bar with Vitor Belfort. Hold on. Did he tell you not to hold around his hand? Or did he tell I'm, uh, I don't know. Well, I well, he told me to actually, what? Tell me. Instinctually, uh, when Vitor got me in that arm bar, I, I tried to pull out. Yes. You know, like I had my arm in hot water. I just wanted to pull it out right away, and that actually helped him out a lot. Yeah. What I needed to do was stack him on top of yes. his head, you know, and, and try to try to bring his hips to his head, you yeah. know what I mean, and crush it down, and, and then develop control that way instead of pull out. So he's been great, man. I, I, I'm actually really surprised at what I've been able to do on the ground without without him. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm really excited for the future, uh, future opponents to see what I'm actually capable of on the ground now, outside of just, you know, ground and pound. I mean... I believe it was your first fight with DC. The very the last ten seconds, you went for a flying triangle, if I remember correctly. Right, yeah, right or yeah, wrong? Yeah, that's fucking awesome. Yeah, I definitely enjoy pulling guard. <laughs> I got a lot of submissions. You know, we our, our psychology and jujitsu a lot of times is is uh, trying not to do things that that lands us on our backs. You know, like yes. keep a, keep a dominant position when you have a dominant position. Um, but uh, in, in situations where I do pull guard, oftentimes uh, it's when I know my opponent is in a desperate spot and looking for that. You know, last uh, ten second haymaker yes. uh, type of thing, and and so that's why I pull guard because it's it's very hard to knock somebody out from their guard. You know what I mean? It takes yes. 
takes especially special... you're a long body like that, right? You're yeah, in constant danger. They're gonna have to keep their arms tight and whatnot. Yeah, to get in trouble if they just go to swing on you. Yeah. And before we let you go, John, because I know you have to, to oh, uh, shit, you have other press. I just want you said it at the first fight, uh, the Gustafson fight is of course uh, 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 the 29th of December. This is the rematch from I guess 2013 was the first one, which was you said at the end it was a war. It, it was, was the hardest fight you ever had. It's one of the best mixed martial arts fights I've ever seen. Did you, you said you didn't train as hard as you should have. Have you trained harder for this fight? Yeah, absolutely. The first time I fought Alexander Gustafsson, you know, people, I, I was getting used to people saying things like, yo, he's a lot like John Jones, man. He just, with better hands and better footwork, you know, and everyone was just saying that we, that he was like a, a you know, a Swedish version of me, you know, and, and in my head, I was thinking, well, yeah, he's tall and he has his, you know, he has a presence about him. But he's not me, you know. There's only one me, and it was almost an arrogance that I that I had, um, feeling like I was a product, and he was like the knockoff version of me. And what he showed me was that, you know, it, you know, hard work can beat talent when talent isn't working hard, and, and that's such a true thing. Um, going into round two, I found myself exhausted. I, I've been watching this fight nonstop lately because of uh, preparing to fight yeah. him again, and and I'm watching myself, and it just wasn't who I am. Dude. I, I I'm known to pick it up in championship rounds. And uh, this this fight, I was exhausted going into round two, like exhausted. Um, so I know I wasn't doing the right things. I was in the heyday of my partying um, around that time in my life, and uh, and and now I know what he's capable of, and I and I'll treat him as such. I'll treat him uh, and train for him uh, the way that that is supposed to be. Well, we're happy you're back. Uh, this Gustafson fight is it's a really really anticipated rematch, and I love you being in the UFC. So I hope that from here on out everything is good and you continue fighting for a long time, man. Thanks, Norman. I love you being in studio. <laughs> yeah, thanks, it's good to man. be here. It's great and to be here. Thanks for hanging out too, buddy. Thank you. Awesome. All right, we'll break, it. pee, take pictures, and uh, be right back. Thanks, awesome. John. Thanks, John. Yeah, baby. Hey, buddy. What's up, my man? How are you? Good. We weren't sure we were going to get you. You know, Matt already left, so I'm glad I was here and able to take the call. Awesome. Thank you. Um, we had John on today, which was nice to see John. He looks very, very focused. Uh, how are you feeling about this Gustafson fight coming up? I'm feeling good about it. You know, um, I, 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 I want to hear that John is focused and training and ready to go and, uh, you know, I'm excited for him to come back. And obviously that fight is, uh, you know, the greatest light heavyweight title fight ever, and I expect the second one to be great, too. Yeah, I mean, it was 2013, and John said he hadn't trained as hard as he should have for that first one, um, and he thought his career was over. Isn't it weird now to see him coming back and fight? Because I'll be honest, at one point, I did not think he'd fight the Octagon again. I didn't either. I, I, I didn't either. I agree with you, and, and yeah. And, uh, you know, he's had to overcome some serious uh, demons to, to get back here. And, um, you know, just hoping he stays on the straight and narrow and makes it to the fight. And, but yes, and by the way, buddy, I, I, I saw you in Vegas, and I do know how to keep a secret, because you told me uh, Adesanya Anderson Silva, and I wanted to do nothing more than run my big fat fucking mouth, <laughs> but I didn't say it. Uh, so you've actually made that happen now? That is official? Yeah, I flew out to, uh, I flew out to Australia. I sat down with Israel talked to him. Then I flew to LA and sat down with uh, Anderson and talked to him and finally got it done. I, I, I figured stylistically this fight's so fun. And even if you look at Anderson, Anderson Silva, you know, as old as he is and everything that's going on, still, I mean, look at his fight against, um, against Daniel Cormier. He hurt Cormier to the body. 
He's still a super talented guy. He, he, he loves martial arts. He stays in shape, and he stayed in shape this whole time. So, you know, it's going to be fun. And I'll be honest, one of the good things, too, because I love Israel Adesanya, is that this is a way to get him into a co-main event, because that's a big fight for him and against a legend like Anderson Silva. This is actually a legitimate co-main event. Oh, yeah, it's an incredible co-main event. I mean, Israel's on fire. I mean, this, this kid has is, is looked so damn good. His fight with Derek Brunson was unbelievable. Looked completely dominant against, you know, a guy who has heavy hands and, and is such a good wrestler. And, uh, you know, when you look at Israel fight, all you can think is, man, imagine him and uh, Anderson Silva. Yeah, he looks like a younger version of Silva. It'll be interesting to see, because Silva's a bigger guy, so it'll be interesting to see how they handle each other and how Anderson fights a probably, I'm going to guess, a slightly faster version of himself. I agree. I, I love this fight. I personally wanted to see this fight myself, and uh makes all the sense in the world. I love it. And, you know, we, we talked to Ben Askren the other day. We haven't spoken to you since the big trade, uh, which you pulled it off. It happened. Um... What what do you th- what are your thoughts on on Ben Askren and is he fighting Robbie Lawler? Is that been confirmed? Yes, it is. He's fighting Robbie Lawler. Um, you know, the kid called me a few months ago and said, "What are the odds of me coming to the UFC?" I said, "I don't know. What's going on with your with your contract over there?" And he said, uh, "Well, I think they'll let me go. Of course, they're not going to let him go." Right. So over the last several months, we've figured out a way to to, to get him here. He's undefeated. Obviously, a lot of people want to see him fight the best in the world. And uh, now we're going to get that opportunity. So I'm glad it worked out. Is Demetrius leaving? You know, because TJ said something about coming down and how you're paying him to kind of, uh, to, to ki- you're paying a fuck ton of money to kill the flyweight division. Is Demetrius leaving and TJ fighting Cejudo some type of uh, a bad sign possibly for the flyweight division? Who said, who said I paid a fuckload of money to kill the division? That was TJ Dillashaw said they paid me a fuck ton of money to kill the flyweight division. I don't even know what that means, but uh, yeah, no. Listen, TJ Dillashaw didn't do shit to the flyweight division. Um, you know, the flyweight division just never, never took off. It never caught on. Even with a dominant champion like Demetrius, it just, it just never caught on. People didn't care. I battled for a long time. I tried to, uh, to, to keep it alive, and, and obviously, it's still going on now. That you know, we still have fights going on in that division. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what the future holds for it. Okay, maybe that's what he meant. Maybe he said coming down and beating the champion. I, I'm not sure what he meant, but he, he did say that. Uh, and, yeah, and he, maybe, that, maybe that's what he meant, that he's going to beat Cejudo and kill the division. Now, uh, the president of, of uh, one, whose, whose name I cannot pronounce, um, he said recently that there's going to be more MMA trades in the future. Is there anything like that's uh, on the horizon or anybody you're interested in from there? No, there's nothing else going on. I think that, you know, what happened was this was the only way to to, to get this deal done. It made sense. And and I've made offers to to other organizations, too. I've made offers um, that that haven't panned out. But, uh, you know, it's something that you can do. It's interesting. And uh, in this scenario, it worked out really well, I think, for both of us. Now, do you want to say who you tried to get that couldn't get? Um, No, it's not that I was trying to get somebody. Um, I, I made an offer to, to another organization, oh. and uh, yeah, they 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 didn't take it. I uh, I was happy for uh, two. I was I mean Francis uh, and God. I would, did not see a first round knockout of of Curtis Blades. I guess you must be happy to see him kind of right the ship a little bit. Yeah, I agree. I didn't I didn't see that coming either. But you know, Francis has that power. Um, I watched the fight. I think it was premature. I think they could have. 
they could have uh, let that go a little bit longer. Curtis, Curtis jumped back up and seemed all right. And with the heavyweights, you never know. Some of the greatest fights we've ever seen, uh, you know, are when you let the fight go. Bigfoot Silva and Mark Hunt, one of the most incredible fights I've ever seen, period, let alone heavyweight. Um, you know, Dan, Dan um, Henderson and Shogun. Shogun. Yeah. And the list goes on and on. I could rattle off a thousand of them. But. Pat Berry, check, uh, Pat Berry uh, check Congo. I mean, Matt, I think, mentioned that yeah, one as well. Pat Berry, check Congo. You know, I, I, I had mixed feelings about it just because he knocked him down three times and Blades did kind yeah. of jump up fast, but he wasn't really defending and his arms were on the floor and, and got mm. his giant fucking hands hit. And maybe the ref thought he was in worse shape than he was in. I don't know. Yeah, no, it's true. Um, you know, I, believe me, I, I got my guys here who, you know, matchmakers think it was a good stoppage. And uh, before we get, I wanted to obviously ask you about uh, a couple of things in the heavyweight division. But we had John in here today, uh, and he said, uh, you know, I asked him about the Liddell Twitter thing because uh, he said now he's not going to address Chuck on Twitter um, anymore. And I'm taking it you did see that fight. I'm not sure if you watched it. I, I was up in my house in Maine. I saw it on the internet, the ne- on the uh, you know social media the next day. Uh, we're talking, of course, about you know Chuck Liddell and Tito Ortiz, and uh, obviously they, they the uh, I'm sure Chuck wanted to do that fight in the UFC. Uh, how do you feel about that fight going on? <laughs> Listen, I-, I love Chuck Liddell, and I don't ever want to badmouth Chuck Liddell or even you know people even think I'm remotely badmouthing Chuck Liddell. But the reality is. First of all, let's 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 say this first. I I I heard last week the cokehead, Oscar De La Weirdo, is, is, is talking shit that, that that I don't have any uh, you know place to tell guys when to retire. You know I don't tell friends when. First of all, it's called friendship. Friendship, you fucking cokehead. I've been friends with with Chuck Liddell, you know, for 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 twenty years, and. The reality is that Chuck Liddell retired when he should have retired, eight, nine years ago, however long it was. Um, and Chuck Liddell is almost 50 years old and has no business fighting anymore. And the fact that the, that the state of California even let that fight happen is disgusting. Disgusting. <clears throat> um, you know, and, uh, you know, Chuck Liddell has an incredible legacy. He's a huge superstar in this sport. You know, so of course, as a friend, anybody who claims to be a friend of Chuck Liddell and was anywhere near this fight is full of shit. They're not a friend of Chuck Liddell. To let him go in and fight this fight is terrible. And it's not a case. Um, it's not a case of you telling him to retire early. Uh, you know, obviously, you guys were very close, and you don't want to see him get hurt. That's exa- the problem. Is Chuck Liddell is a fighter. Chuck Liddell loves to fight. That's, that's his passion. It's what he loves in life, you know. But there comes a day and age. Fighting is a young man's game. You can't do it. You know, and Oscar fucking De La Hoya says, uh, you know, oh, come over to Golden Boy where, where we respect the fighters and it makes me sick what, what these fighters were paid and, and all this shit. Out of 14 fights on the card, five bouts were amateur fights, which means he didn't pay him jack shit, right? Right. And 12 of the professional fighters on the card made less than three and three. What the fuck are you talking about, you cokehead junkie? And, 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 and some of the guys on the card made a thousand and a thousand. And, and you know what? He, he respects the fighters so much, he couldn't even remember their fucking names at the press conference. 
Yeah, he was saying that, imagine if you would have told George Foreman or Bernard Hopkins, but those guys are, are very, very rare exceptions. How about Meldrick Taylor or what happened to Ali? You know, there's so many more cases of fighters who get hurt badly and who wind up in terrible shape by fighting too long than the very, very rare exceptions who make it through okay. Exactly. I hope somebody talks De La Hoya into fighting again, okay? I hope the state of California makes the fight and I hope he gets fucking knocked out just like Chuck Liddell did in the first round. Fucking cokehead nutball. Well, you know, Tito even said afterwards that he would not have let Chuck fight. Yeah. T- Tito's in the... Uh, listen, T- Tito, Tito and, and, and Oscar De La Dummy were made for each other, man. Those two fucking nutheads. First of all, T- T- Tito says, hey, you guys want to get paid? Come over to... to, to uh, come over to... Golden Boy MMA. Are you kidding me? Hey, my brother, wait a couple months till this whole thing pans out. Everybody's going to be suing everybody in a couple months. There was no money made over there. De La Hoya is a moron, an absolute moron. And I don't know how Chuck allowed himself to be talked into this stupid shit. You know, it's probably just one of those things where he wanted to fight and Oscar De La Hoya told him what he wanted to hear. Yeah. I agree with you, unfortunately. Have you talked to Chuck at all in the lead-up or since the fight? Have you guys I did. I talked to him before the fight, but I haven't talked to him since. You know, I, I'm, I'm at least going to give the guy a couple days, and, and uh, I'll give him a call this week. Yeah, I mean, and when, and when, you, when, he, when he says something like, well, who's to tell fighters? I mean, like, that's like saying, why have a ref? Who's to tell fighters when they're not knocked out? I mean, you know, there are people around you who well, kind of have well, to look well, out. Well, you know, you know who tells a fighter when it's time to hang up? His friend. That's who tells him when it's time to hang it up. That's right. I mean, Joe told, uh, there's a famous, uh, where Joe and Brendan Schaub were talking and Joe told him, look, I don't know if you can do this anymore. And it's, I'm sure a very hard conversation to have with a guy that you respect, but the, the fact that you care about him has got to come above possibly hurting his feelings or pissing him off. 100%. Do you 100%. Think, do you think this is purely financial for Chuck or do you think that there was a combination of just wanting to get in there again? Cause eight years, is a long layoff. Listen, Chuck Liddell is a fighter, man. Chuck, when I asked Chuck to retire, he didn't want to either. You know, um, he should have retired when he did, and he should have stayed retired. Um, but like, like the cokehead said, you know, Chuck's a grown man and can do whatever he wants to do. But that's when the state of California has to step in and protect the fighter from himself. Yeah, and didn't De La Hoya at first, wasn't he knocking the whole Conor Floyd thing? And then after he saw how popular it was that he said he wanted to step in and fight yeah. Conor? Yeah, no, that, that's, what, that's what started this whole thing with me and him. I had always liked Oscar, respected him, you know, talked about his fights and stuff. Then the guy comes out and starts ripping Conor McGregor versus uh, uh, Floyd. Then as soon as the fight's over, he says, now he wants to fight Conor McGregor. This, this, guy is, this guy needs to check himself into rehab immediately. Do you, do you think that's what He's it is? He's standing up at a press conference, rubbing his hands, talking about how cold he is, and that he doesn't know any of the fighters, doesn't know any of their names. The main event, he doesn't even know how to say Chuck Liddell. What do you think he's doing in MMA? Do you, do you think it's just the way he th- he's a little late and he figures he can make money off it? Or it- I think he's snorting a ton of cocaine. And uh, Google him. Google him. I think he snorted a ton of cocaine and doing a lot of other things. And then, uh, you know, I, I, I don't even think he's involved in any of this stuff. I think there's a bunch of people behind the scenes who really do all the work and put this together for him. 
He snorts about 12 pounds of Coke when he gets up in the morning and just shows up where they tell him to show up. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is, uh, it is weird to hear him try to get into the, it seems like to, to get into it and then just say how, how uh, you know, and then stay on the other side and try to be a competitor. Uh, he just, I think, just wants to get into the game and he's probably a little bit too late. It's, it's not even that he's too late. He, he's not smart enough to get into the game. He's not smart enough. And, and, and he doesn't have the work ethic. This guy's a total, uh, you know, he's doing other things. He's doing recreational things that are keeping him from even thinking about competing. You know what I mean? Uh, you show up to a press conference, at least, at the very least, I'll give you this one, at least know how to say the main event's name. Okay? Yeah. Let alone, he literally lines up a bunch of guys behind him. He's like, uh, yeah, I don't really know any of these guys or their names. Well, how about you write it down on a fucking piece of paper, you dope? Yeah. Okay? He, write it down on a piece of paper and read the piece of paper. You know? Well, you uh, know. <laughs> he is, uh, this guy is, has no shame. He's unbelievable. I, I, I just, some of the things that this guy has done, I would disappear and you'd never see me again. He doesn't give a shit. He jumps right back up there, talking in front of the media. He's hilarious. Well, hopefully, you know, hopefully Chuck, you know, and again, I love Chuck, too. He's one of the first fighters I ever interviewed. I have a lot of respect for Chuck. He's a legend. And again, these guys, it's very hard for them to step away. I'm sure, like, the rush of, of walking in, you know, when he used to come out, even at events, when I'd see him when he was, had a job for UFC... Just whenever he walked into the arena, the place would explode. And it just, it's got to be very hard for guys to walk away from that. But you still. It yeah, it's very hard. And one of the things that, again, bums me out is my thing was there's no way I'm. First of all, I don't want to make $1 of this kind of money. Right. I do not. I've said that since day one. Um, you know, when I mean day one, 17 years ago. Number two is my, my backup, which I was hoping is. No major state will sanction this fight. That's not going to happen. Because, because all the big states like Nevada, California, New York, whatever, they, they have athletic commissions. No athletic commission, major athletic commission is going to sanction this fight. Wrong. Wrong. Yeah. Did they so try? I was hoping this thing would end up, you know, they're going to be in, you know, Kentucky somewhere trying to make this fight, and the fight would never come off. I didn't know Kentucky California was going to happen. Did, uh, I didn't see that coming. Did, did Dana? Did they try it in uh, New York or in um, Vegas? Or? They didn't have to. They they they, they were the Oscar De La uh, Knucklehead, and, and 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 California took it immediately. California didn't even blink at that fight. Yeah, and you are you kidding me? How many how many first round knockouts has Tito? How many knockouts has Tito had in his career? Standing knockouts like that. None. Chuck Liddell should have never been in that fight. All the fans were talking about it leading up to the, uh, you know, just watching footage. Did anybody from the Athletic Commission show up to watch him spar or anything like that? It's just, uh, it's terrible, man. You know, and the fans yeah. love Chuck. And I think one reason even fans still want to see somebody fight, it's almost like when you, when you want to see your favorite band, a reunion. Watching them reminds you of how you were 10 years ago, too. So it brings people back. And it's, I, I don't, I, I, it's a spectacle. And people are like, hey, if he's still fighting, then I'm not as old as I thought I was. But uh, the UFC could have made probably a good money off doing this fight. And you guys obviously declined it because, like you said, you don't want to make money on that. Never. Never. Well, hopefully, Never, man. hopefully he's okay. And and, and, and the thing is, for a guy like Chuck, obviously took some damage in the fight, but what kind of damage did he take training for that fight? 
leading up to that fight. It just makes me sick, man. Makes me absolutely sick. And, and Dana, before we let you go, can we ask you also, just to, I meant to ask before, Sage Northcutt, uh, is there any update on, on Sage and, and where he may be winding up? Yeah, no, Sage is, you know, we, we let Sage go. Sage is young, and Sage needs, uh, Sage needs some work. So let, let him get some work in, in, in one of these other organizations, and we'll see where this kid ends up in, in a couple of years. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll pick him back up again. Oh, I didn't realize that. Okay, so Sage has been, uh, he's been allowed to, to go, and, and good luck to him. Okay. Yeah, his contract was up. Yep, so we let him go. Okay, well, obviously you got to be psyched. And one more question I wanted to ask you, too, about uh, do we, Brock in uh, D.C., everybody is talking about. I mean, is that something that looks like it's going to happen? Uh, I hope so. That's, that's the fight that D.C. wants. You know, Cormier's been an amazing champion for us. He's an incredible guy. I could not say enough good things about this guy. This is the fight he wants. I want to give him what he wants. You know, there's some, the light heavyweight division, though, and I told John this before, is a lot more interesting now than it was even six or eight months ago. So if John stays at light heavyweight, uh, you know, there's, again, Dominic Reyes may not be ready or Anthony Smith, but there's some really good fights for him. Maybe Volkan Ozdemir. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that the light heavyweight division is fun right now and, and, and getting better. And then uh, the middleweight division is awesome and, and heating up. It's good stuff. And obviously, you know, I'm I'm excited for for Colby Covington and and Woodley. Um, you know I I, I want to see uh, this fight with Askren and Lawler. Usman is fighting Rafael dos Anjos this weekend, this Friday right. on the uh, on on the tough finale. So all all the divisions are popping. Fucking Holloway versus Ortega. You know what I mean? I can't wait for that fight. Yeah, when is uh, Woodley? Uh, when is Woodley fighting Covington? Uh, I don't know. We're working on that. Ideally. Ideally, I would love to do that in Anaheim, January 26th. That would be awesome if I could pull that off. Yeah, that's that's the fight I, uh, that I'm really wanting to see. Well, uh, dude, it's good talking to you. I'm really glad we got a hold of you today. And, uh, you know, I just wanted to uh, throw a few things at you, so I really appreciate it. Always a pleasure, my brother. Take care. All right, pal. Talk to you soon. Bye. UFC featherweight contender Brian Ortega loves the fight, loves the strategy, you know what else he loves? I know what he loves, Jimmy. I, I know exactly what he loves. Max Holloway. Wait, no. <laughs> um, oh, Toyo Tires. He's like T-City, Toyo Tires. They're as tough as they come, and they are the official tire of the UFC. There is a lot to love about Toyo Tires. Aggressive design, proven on and off-road capabilities. They have tires for any weather and the toughness to back it all yes. up. There's yes. a confidence that comes with tough tires. You know, my little wimpy, awful tires. So no matter what you're driving, no matter where you're driving, you can count on Toyo tires. Tough people love tough tires. If you're tough, these are the tires for you. Oh, to- Toyo tires! Next, Sorry. That's okay. Sorry. Next, I love Toyo tires. They're built tough. Toyo tires! The next time you need tires, ask for Toyo, the official tires of the UFC for a reason. Learn more at toyotires.com backslash UFC. ToyoTires.com backslash UFC. Brian Ortega loves Toyo Tires. After a stressful game, it's only natural to need some well-deserved rest. Upgrade your current sleep situation because Mattress Firm is offering the best bed deal of the year. Get a king bed for a queen price or a queen bed for a twin price for savings of up to 700 bucks. Plus, take home a free adjustable base up to a $699 value. That's $699 for free. 
You'll only find these deals during Mattress Firm's Memorial Day sale. So don't miss your chance to start sleeping like a pro. Shop now at mattressfirm.com slash sale. There's nothing worse than being uncomfortable in bed. It's, it's horrible. You're not rested the next day. You suck at work. Mattress Firm's Memorial Day sale is offering the best bed deal of the year. Save up to $700 when you get a king bed for a queen price or a queen bed for a twin price plus Take home a free adjustable base that's up to a $699 value free. Visit mattressfirm.com slash sale for more details. What up, everybody? This is CJ McCollum from the Portland Trailblazers. And here's a little taste of what we talked about on this week's Pull Up podcast. Very special mini post-Game 7 episode of Pull Up, an epic Game 7 in Denver. 37 points, back-to-back, essentially close-out buckets. Why were you so successful last night? I think it just really came down to my demeanor and mindset. Empty the clip, leave nothing out there. I wanted to say I did everything in my power, and I left all my bullets out there on the court and didn't bring anything home. How do you shift to a completely new animal, an absolute monster in the Warriors? In the playoffs, it just comes down to X's and O's and execution more so than anything else. The Warriors aren't going to run a lot of plays. They're going to run a lot of misdirection out of timeouts and late clock situations. But most of it's going to be mid-pick and roll. It's going to be pin downs and flares and things of that nature for Clay and Steph in a lot of transitions. So you have to guard the three-point line, get back in transition, and make it as difficult as possible on them. Don't forget to pull up. Subscribe and listen every week on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your shows. Now, Max Holloway may be here in a couple of days. Yes. Who I also do love. Uh, That's going to be an amazing fight. But right now, let's talk a little bit, Matt, about... uh, It was good previewing Gustafson Jones with John. But it was... uh, Let's talk a little bit about this past... And and later on, I want to talk about some... uh, It's not a movie minute, but it's a new series I'm watching. I'm going to talk about it later. I'm so excited about it. It's really fun. I'm going to keep everybody in suspense. Okay. Now let's talk about this. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about this card and who got what right. I know the one I got no. wrong. Oh. Yeah. Oh. 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 Okay, I'm with you. Oh, yeah. Oh. Are we starting? What are we starting from? Um, Ling uh, Jilong, right? Oh. Yeah, correct. Ling Jilong against David Zawad. Was fun that? fight. Uh, yeah, a great fight. Oh, performance of the night, I, I guess. I believe it was uh, Zawad's first fight in the UFC. Um, Am I, I wrong? I think he had one before that. Yeah, he had a split decision. And Geelong, I thought, was losing the first round. I think in the second round, he came back. He got oh. knocked down, I think, in the first round. Oh, and yeah. then uh, rounds two and three, he was amazing. Correct. Round three. First of all, what a fun fight. Geelong. Uh, Jing, Jing, uh, say it again? Geelong. Lee Geelong. Lee right? Yes, uh, and he always has an I fight. He always does. That first round, I'm watching David Zawada. And Zawad is throwing everything at him but the kitchen sink and landing. And he won that first round. Yes, he did. He won that first round. Yes, he did. He threw everything at him. But I think he had such a high volume that it cost him. Because by the second round, you know, after that first round, Zawad is like, oh, shit, what else do I have to do? Yeah. Because he doesn't know. So, what do you want from me? So, what do you want? What was wrong with that? It was cute. Sorry. So, anyway. So. Li Long, that dude was getting better. I like him. Yeah. I like him a lot. And he could take a punch. And then he just he was just going after it, man. And he got stronger as the fight went on. And it looks like it's going to distance. And then booyah. 407 around three. Yep. It's done. I had tremendous faith in Li Long. Uh now what did we who, pick? 
Uh, by the way, Matt, you said fight of the night. No problem, but it was performance, performance of the night for Li Jinglang. Performance but, of the night. Ua, ua, uh, ua, Jinglang. Matt, you had Lee by decision. <laughs> okay, I was close. Getting there. Yeah. I had Li Jinglang by second round knockout, so I get two points for that. Jim Norton, on the money, <laughs> Li Jinglang, third round knockout. Yeah, because I know that he gets stronger as the fight goes on, and yep. I figured this guy might not gasp, but I didn't think this guy would have it. Yes. No, and you know what? I think uh, I think being at home, Li Jinglong maybe was a little tighter than he would normally be going into that first round, and then he kind of like loosened up as as he got into the fight. You know? Now, uh, uh, um, Yurong uh, Song against who was by the way almost a, he was trained with the fucking monks with those uh, Shaolin monks in China. Yeah, and he went there to learn martial arts, and they said that's why he has a lot of explosive, quick movement. Really a fun guy to watch. He uh, beat Vincent Morales by, it was a unanimous decision, 30-27. I don't know if I, did I agree 30-27? Mm. I don't know why I thought maybe 29-28. I, I, for some reason, I'm thinking that Morales won one of those rounds. I don't remember yeah, which one. Yeah, I, I think it was the third round where Morales showed a little bit, he came out a little bit more aggressive, but I think Sang Yudong you know, obviously yes. won the yes. fight. You know. I, um, Very short, I, compact I think puncher. that sure. Vince was landing some, but it really had no effect. I mean, I'm like, oh, he landed some nice on uh, Song, and then... Song's like, I don't think so. And he just was he was just pressuring him. Um I thought there should have been a little bit more urgency. And I like I know Tony Frickland, his trainer. Uh Vince Morales right. uh, trainer. I know him. He's an old school guy from Pat Middletitch's. Nice dude, very nice guy. Uh and he seems like they have a nice bond, a good training thing going on. But should have picked it up more. I know he's talking about plan two and what's plan B or whatever. And then he goes, Remind me, and he's telling him the and it's all good, but I, I feel there should have been more urgency in that last round because sure. he needed something big. If not a ten, eight, if not a, a stoppage, a, a ten eight round, you got to go after this guy, man. Yeah. I like the technical <laughs> advice; that's great. But say, listen, you need, I think the, the I think Vince even brought up like I need this one. He's like, yeah, you need it. No, you fucking you five minutes of hell. Yeah, five minutes of fury, Jimmy. That's what he needed. Yeah, eh, you know. Came up a little short. It was still a very, very good fight. He, did, you know, he didn't embarrass himself. I, and again, I thought if he won one round, one round, maybe the third. Right. Now, um, so what do we all have on uh, Song Morales? Uh, so I had Song Yudong by second round knockout. Obviously, it ended up going to decision, but we got that right. Matt, you had third round knockout for Song Yudong, and Jim Norton again. Song Yudong by decision, all three points. He's <laughs> Jimmy staring at me now. <laughs> Why you get all cocky, Jimmy? <laughs> Can't help it. Yeah. Sorry. And by, for the record, people. Jimmy didn't. Jimmy wasn't afraid to bring up that snitching uh, question to uh, John Jones. I, oh, I don't like, care if the audience I, thinks I was afraid. I just oh, want John to think yeah, I was. Okay, I, I like John. That, I'll I ask know. anybody. I just wanted to bring that up because we gotta, you know, you gotta get rid of that rumor. Yeah, you know? that was good. Well, you can't do that, you know. And I thought he had a great answer. Like, look, man, he basically said, you know, if, if you're not a friend of mine, hey, what the fuck? Anyway, let's go. What do we got? Let's go to another one. What I do got we right. got? Let's go to another one that I got right. Oh, God, That's absolutely I, correct. Wow, I did pretty, really. Boy, did I know this one. Holy shit, dude. First of all, Overeem's fucking ground and pound was fucking... I'll tell you right now, that's about as nasty as ground and pound. If anybody goes, all right, MMA, what's ground and pound? Which it's kind of... You know, the guy must, somebody must be a moron if they're asking that because it's kind of. What could it be? (laughs) (laughs) Well, give me a demonstration of ground and pound. That's what I would show them. This. 
And dude, you heard that from you probably heard that from the nosebleeds. Well, no what's shit. crazy though, it's like you're absolutely right. That is a prime example of what ground and pound is. But if you go back to Overeem's last fight, Curtis Blades dropping elbows on him. That's also, I mean, it, it went the opposite way for right. him in his last fight, which is another great example of ground yeah, and pound. Wow. But man, he came back uh, with a vengeance in he this one. He certainly did, and he looked. Uh, Tremendous, and I knew he would because again, uh, Sergey Pavlovich yep. fought very tough guys, but he has not fought anybody with the experience or the fucking legs of Alistair Overeem. And he used his knees a little bit in the clinch up against the fence, uh, but I knew Overeem was going to put him away in the first round. Um, He's just too big a test for your first UFC fight. Yeah. You don't want fucking Alistair Wait, Overeem as your first UFC fight. How did how did he get on the? Did he take him down? Remind me how he got on top again. Yeah, it was a trip. It was like an outside trip. I think that that he kind of threw him to the ground there. You can't put this fight on to that point, yeah, could you? Because yeah, I want to yeah. explain. I want to let the audience sure. know something here that's very wise and uh, just extremely uh, smart. Which is the same as Wise. Well, uh, Alistar, when he got on top of him. Yoani and Jacek against uh, Valentina Shevchenko. That's the co main of Holloway Ortega? Correct. Yeah, Ooh, that's December 8th. God, yeah, damn, that's, that's a, a great fight. Yeah. Uh, hold on. Sorry. This oh, is, this you got Chris, some. Come on. Up. Fix the flash. Uh, I don't know why I can't just. I know. It's stay loaded. It's like, what are you doing? So, Jimmy, my wife had one of those like Fitbit things on. And, you know, when I was at, I was away for 12 days. You yes, know? you we were. We did like seven days at the parks. Sure. And you know my wife, it's like eight. It's like eight miles a day. I told you this already. Maybe yeah. when I was there. It's a lot of walking. Yeah, it is. You know. Oh, and a lot of walking. <laughs> oh, Matt. How about a little less walking, please? Okay. Unless it's a longer walking. Oh, and he's pissing me off because I listened to his little thing this morning. He said it again about the Krista producer thing. His podcast. It's really starting. And to hurt even my his, feelings, even yeah. his, even his buddy Steve that does it with them and listens to this show. And it's his son, so he's like, "Yeah, Krista producer." He even said it too. And I like that guy, but I might have some issues soon. Well, you stop understand. using. No, I don't. I it might roll off the tongue, but that stop. I right, go back. You just had it. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna. Okay. All right. Let's. Why I forget that Longo, uh, Steve, uh, from your that from Longo's podcast. Stop ripping off our shit. There's only one Chris the producer, and he's right there. I'm giving him the wide applause oh, because so nice. I'm not attacking the other producer. He might be a very very nice guy. I don't like just him. like Steve is, but Jimmy don't. Oh, it's in your, in your pocket, your hand? Yeah. Okay. What do you think it is? <laughs> I thought you were doing the Al Bundy. But there's only no, one I'd Chris the producer. You wanna, why don't you just call him producer Chris? And then Ray goes, you know, I'm getting slack. Because he caught himself today when he said it. I heard it. He goes, oh, you know, I'm getting slack because they say uh, they think it's the same producer as uh, Matt's. And it's, it's different. Uh, Chris the producer. No. It's Chris who's a producer. Or you want to call him producer Chris? I'm okay with that. Don't fuck with my shit. Hack. All right, let's go. Here we go. This is Overeem and Sergey Pavlovich. Uh, like two minutes left in this first round. Yeah, Overeem looked really, really good. I mean, you know, Sergey's a big guy. Side but leg kick. Now, those oh, nice. Yes, he so gets a clinch and the then clinch. An he gets a clinch and he oh, trips he him, him down. Now, watch. Right. Watch what he's doing now when he's standing over him. Look where his hands are to his ankles. He could do the throwing the ankles to the side or he lifts the ankles so he can't push them away and he goes inside the guard. Watch this. He, he lifts it. He's, he's controlling the ankles. If he goes to push him away, he'll just come right back on top well, of him. Well, I believe he has 17 submissions and, in his oh, career. He settles, in, oh, yeah. he settles yeah, inside that guard. Immediately. The second, what was smart about what Overeem did over him is he knew immediately where his ankles were. His ankles weren't in... in if, if, even if they were in Overeem's hips, they, he, could, he can't just kick him off. He will just go back and forth with him when he goes to do that. If you do not control those ankles, you're not controlling your, your downed opponent. Look, he goes right back to the ankles when he's standing over him. 
And but he didn't do any damage the first time on the ground. No, but he's control. But now he's up and he's controlling the ankles. He's looking to go side to side. Now he settles in. He settles in Elbow with his pelvis. Neck. And look how his pelvis is right across his shin. Oh, One right hand. Now, have a fist. Three, four, five. Beautiful. Beautiful. Six, beautiful. Seven, eight, oh, my goodness. Nine. Nine straight punches that were unanswered. Oh, my goodness. Head bouncing off the wow. canvas. Wow. Well, that was something, man. But yeah. anyway, if you get somebody down, especially up against the cage, anywhere for that matter, know where their ankles are, know where their feet are, and know where your feet are. Thank you. 17 Thanks. submissions. And again, I, I, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, no, you're right. So he's a fucking animal on the ground, Overeem. This guy just didn't have the experience. There's no way he was beating Overeem. So right. what do we, have we all call? So me and Matt both had Sergey Pavlovich. Matt had first round knockout for Pavlovich. I had second round knockout, which I, obviously didn't go that way. I stand by that one. I'm, I'm annoyed about the, the main yeah. event. I wish I'd picked the other way. Jim Norton, Alistair Overeem, first round knockout. That's three straight correct picks, all three points for those fights. Jimmy's yeah. glowing right now. He is. He's really excited. Because I know that that's all I got right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's all you got to get. Three out of four. Not bad. Now, the performance of another performance of the night. The rematch against Ngannou. Wait, yep. uh, I was going to do the drum roll, but I guess it's only one oh, fight sorry. left. Yeah. And everybody knows it. So that's a fucking... In Ngannou, Curtis, Blades. They, you know, Blades was 10-1 going in. His only loss was to Ngannou, but it was a doctor stoppage in the eye. Uh... Ngannou had lost two straight, obviously to Stipe, a very tough fight that he was not prepared for. He admit, okay. I mean, I mean the cardio-wise, admitted that he underestimated them. That Derek Lewis fight really threw me because okay. he didn't come back, and and he looked too like zero confidence. Right. And we had heard again from wherever we heard it that he was not training with heavyweights. He was training with like middleweights. And when I heard that, and I saw that Derek Lewis fight, you, like, you what? You jumped off the bandwagon. No, you jumped off true. the train. It's not true. You jumped off the train. No. You jumped off the train. No, you don't. That's not a train. Jump, <laughs> jumping off a bandwagon. Hold on. Jumping off a bandwagon is when you're a cowboy or a Giants fan. Jimmy, it's and they, not a saying. And they it's not a train. It. Oh, yes. I've been on many trains. I've been in the middle of many of them. Jimmy. Um, hold on. When you jump off the bandwagon, it's when you don't like a team anymore because they lose. Okay. I still like Ngannou, oh. but I thought Curtis Blades was going to beat him because Curtis Blades had the confidence of knowing that they fought and Francis didn't knock him out. And Ngannou's confidence was shaken. Sure. Especially hey, after coming up to that oh, destruction of Overeem. Cunt with his wrestling get was able to, I thought to his wrestling, over yeah. him. Sure. I yeah. get back on. Are you back on the bandwagon? I still like... You're never off the bandwagon. There's nothing to do with being off the bandwagon. I like Ngannou. I wanted Ngannou to win. I thought Blades would win. So if you bet with your heart and you lose, people like, you bet with your heart. But then if you say, look, I think Blades has got him this time because he's not going to lose twice to him because his right. confidence is sky high. And Ngannou was saying, I don't feel confident. What are you, how am I going to pick fucking Ngannou in the first round knockout? No, oh, for sure. All I know is I feel for John Jones because goddamn do I love a good cockpill. I do too. <laughs> oh, Jimmy. I, I like to spice it up with my old lady. Now, Ngannou, okay. uh, that fight, that, that was not even a great, like, it was a weird punch that he hit him with, too, over the top. Dude, it's yeah. so much He's power. So strong, well, yeah. What do you think of the stoppage? You know, they said, can we watch that again? Because sure, if yes. I remember correctly, there was three or four unanswered shots. And at one point, Blades was leaned over, and I think his hands were down, and Ngannou was slamming him. I, I was okay with it, especially the second time I saw it. I didn't, I didn't love it. We'll watch it again here. I haven't seen no, it No, I didn't love time, it, but, but I was okay with it. Yeah. No, let's see it. Let's see how it ends. Yeah. Careful. It's only 40 seconds. <laughs> 44. Oh, I oh wow. You already missed fight. it. Yeah, okay. So now they're. Two men are fighting. Bing, boom. And now Bing, bing boom. First of all, he's like bringing that right hand back a little. Like, here it comes. Over the top. He knocks him down. His hands go up. One, two. Over the top. Three. Knocks him down again. Boom. Three, four, five. His hands are down. 
He is literally just boom. He's been knocked down three times. Nganu is swinging around. See, now they're not showing him because he's, he's they're, already got it. Look, look at him walking around. They're all and unanswered And his head looks punches. clear. It's yeah, I mean, maybe it was a second too soon. No, but it's not. It's unanswered. <laughs> unanswered punches. Three times he got knocked down. But unanswered uh, punches in a, in a, in a, a scramble. Yeah. Right? So it's not like unanswered That's punches true. like he's not protecting himself. He's just covering up. Yeah. He was in the middle of moving. So, he can't, up. so it's one of those things where in hindsight, it wasn't a great stoppage. It, it, I, you could understand why, what happens is this, he, what he expected is for when he had to jump in, he expected almost to be holding up Curtis. So then when, when Curtis just got up, he's like, Hey man. <laughs> and then he's like, all right, no, not the, you're already. So you see his, you can't listen. You can't, you're not a mind reader. You don't know what right. this guy's feeling or how he's going to, when they, when he goes to step in, how he's going to react and be like, Oh man, like he's still like heads fuzzy. His head was clear. And you know we're not going to know what could have happened if he if another, if he would have made a little distance and, and landed another shot, and then they're going to say oh you should have broken up sooner. I understand it's a hard job. In hindsight, it was a little premature. Can we watch that again? The last the last yeah. Look watching. at him the second it stopped, the, and it's there's no stutter step or anything. The reason unless, was because he dropped and then went down yeah. a couple. Oh no, more it looked times. ugly in the beginning. Like he went down three times. Right, you could almost argue that the ref was late to to stop it, and then at the point when he did, he probably should have let it go at that point because he was already recovered. Let but. me see. So he goes down. Yeah, Ngano does have that arm fucking cocked. Uh, yeah, he's like, here comes the right. He's letting well, him know. He's, he's moving he well. But hey, man, he got he got rid of his. No one, no one I did like about. No one I do like about Francis. Oh. He, see, like there, yeah. you could almost say stop it. But then, no, not really. He's knocked him down again. See now he's oh, hitting him. Right, hold it right oh, look, look, but he's up. You're right, he is up. But now he's now down look, again. But he's down, but look, but he's moving. He is. He never stopped. He never stopped moving. Go back a second. Yeah. That last moment, Matt. Watch wow. when he's, oh, he he no. gets knocked down a third right, time. He's up. It. He's up again. Watch. Punch right, right back but yeah, down. But that was kind of like not. I mean, he hit him, and you didn't see where it came from. He went to his knees, and he stopped, and he's still moving. Though. But the it's, referee is watching him get knocked down three times yeah. in about ten seconds, and he was not. He was not. Counter punching, and, and he wasn't even defending. He was literally his arms were on the ground for like two punches. Yeah, tell that to Czech Congo versus Pat Barry. It does that is what I say? You tell that to tell Mark Goddard. That's true. But you could also look at other guys that have gotten fucked I up. I, hey, listen, it's a very tough call. It's a double edged sword, Jimmy. Yeah, you can't win with that. But I watching it, if people can if if the people want to watch that fight with uh, Kevin Lee versus Mike Michael Chiesa and say, oh, that was premature. Then why? They, I mean, he was. I think his head was just as clear afterwards. I it also, was just more of in a scramble. I also think know? the size of the guy throwing the punches does go into the ref's head. He knows this is Francis Ngannou, and he sees X amount of punches landing. And when you see a guy go down three, a guy as big as Curtis Blades drops down, gets arms are on the ground, getting up, pow, pow, gets up, drop down again, arms on the ground, getting hit, gets up, drop down again. It, the referee's probably not thinking. Let me see his eyes. He's thinking he's just yeah. getting lit the fuck up, and he's going to get knocked down again. Yeah, it's not horrific. It's not like one of the. No, I've seen much like worse. Freak out about it, but I could have seen him maybe giving him a couple more seconds. Maybe to see sure. what happens there. But I, but I again, get it. if he gets hit again and knocked down a fourth time, people are going to go, "How many times are you going to let Ngano hit this guy?" Sure. Well, listen, hey man, they're not going to all be good calls. No, that's true. That was, and I that think, was a tough uh, one. I forgive him. That was that a tough one. one. Yeah, you can't really hold it against him. I mean, he that he did get hit with that first shot sure. that set that that series up to. You know, make him on the ice skates and, and whatnot. But uh, I was happy to see Ngannou do that, though. I like him. But again, he's still, I, you know, as much as he's a great big puncher and he's a ferocious striker, I don't see him beating a guy like Cain Velasquez. Um, no. And I only see him beating Brock if, if he can't get Brock, if Brock can't get a hold of him. You know I don't I, think Brock could take one of his punches, though. 
You know what I like? Yeah, I by, agree. Uh, Men. <laughs> you know what I like? What, what Curtis said, Curtis Blade oh. said when he reacted to this on Twitter. He said, took one on the chin tonight. I'll be back with the same confidence. And then the hashtag, sometimes you're the nail. Hashtag minus setback. Back. Uh, hashtag too young to stop now. Sometimes you're the nail, yep. Sometimes you're the nail, Jimmy, as you know, in, in other circumstances. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> my heiny hammered um, in Ganu for what it's worth he called out JDS because they were scheduled to fight oh. a while back that fight was off that'll because be fun of the, yeah, that'd be a great uh, holy shit yeah, that'd because be of the USADA testing sure. well JDS is fighting um, Tai Tuivasa in like oh, a, ta this, this week I do oh, enjoy Tai Tuivasa me too and then is he, he also called still? out uh, yes and then he called out Alexander Volkov and Stipe, of course, he would like the rematch. So. Yeah, what is Stipe has not fought since? What is he doing, Stipe? Like, he's fighting fires, man. No, no, no. He's a man's man, and he deserves a rematch because he's—they're not giving him a rematch right away because it was a first-round knockout. Well, they're he just had some not. stuff back and forth with DC, if I remember correctly. Yeah, they—I mean—they've gone back and forth a couple of times. It's sort of the same thing where Stipe's like, DC, I was ready for New York at uh, you know at UFC uh, two thirty. Why why don't you want to fight me? And DC keeps reiterating like. If Brock can't make it, you're next. That's it. You know, like he's he's just not backing off. That yeah, idea, he's like he's so. gonna fight Brock for the money. Yeah, uh, I think Stipe will take should take another fight, but who would he take? Who's who's interesting for for Stipe Miocic to to fight? I mean, what is he right hey, now? For, he well, not? he probably feels he should fight nothing. He should just be fighting for the belt. No, no, I I agree, but I mean, like, what's he do? Yeah. Does he right. wait for the winner of Brock DC? I mean, they just gave Derek Lewis a shot at DC. And then what happens? Do you give Nganu a shot at either Brock or one of those guys? Or what, what do you do? I think he's going to be back in the mix after the DC versus uh, Brock fight. Maybe. Yeah, because I like, I mean, I really like uh, Stipe. I love to see a guy get a shot, especially after defending, what, four or five straight times he broke the record. It's just harder to sell that fight because it ended in one round. And they're both nice guys. Right. Let's be honest. John Jones fights will always sell because there are people who hate his fucking guts. You know, a, a guy like uh, DC is, is, is disliked, but he's not a shit talker. Stipe is loved. Like, neither one of these guys is villains. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah, for sure. It's, it's, harder three, to sell. it's three defenses. He was going into the fourth one against DC. And okay. obviously lost he's a likable guy, John Jones, isn't he, though? In I person, like John I mean, personally, yeah. Every time I've talked to him, like, one-on-one, -on -one, whether it's, I mean, this is the first time we interviewed him, like, on in, in the room, yeah. But, like, even when me and you seen him in Vegas after that time, I think with the cockpit. I always talk to him. He's always just, he always seems like the same guy to me. Yep. You know? I forgot to ask him about Jackson Wink. Oh, yeah. I wanted to ask about Jackson Wink. I forgot. Oh, uh, what, all the, the drama? Yeah, with Mike Perry. Oh, was there any drama? Did he care at all? I don't know, Jimmy. But let me tell you. Listen, we had John Jones in here. We oh wait, are we good? We did we because I got something else. I got something to say before we get out of here. Yeah, no, that's fine. I was actually just going to bring up a little bit of quick news. Go ahead, that's... let's do that. So we okay. can talk about my my new series I'm watching after. What is it? I'm going to tell you in a second. Uh, Brett Akimoto, who's at ESPN, Dana White apparently told him on Saturday night that Israel out of Adesanya, and this is not official by the I, UFC. Wait, wait, hold this on, wait, hold on, hold on. Yeah, hit the drum. Okay. It's exciting information. <laughs> Unofficial by the UFC. I already know this. Oh, wait, what? I already told you guys this. Uh, what? But Dana what? told ESPN what? that Israel Adesanya is probably going to take on Anderson Silva. February. Oh, I heard about that. Yeah. Exciting, yeah. I'm excited about yeah, it. But we can talk but about are it. You, oh, no, we'll talk about event it. event where? I didn't know what you were talking about. Uh, that would likely be the comment event on uh, UFC 234. That's Whitaker versus Gastelum February 9th in Melbourne, oh, Australia. Oh, that's right. That's why he went to Australia. Yeah. Wow. Uh, man, I mean, listen, man, I'm big on the fucking last style bender. 
I'm I really dude. like him. And I like that. I told you that. Did you ever check out that Instagram I told you? With the, with the smile, bitch. And the girl's giving him the stink eye. Yeah, we got, showed it. I love that. I like his personality. Personality. I love his fighting style. I like him on the mic. I, li- I like his hair. I don't know. I do. I, I seen him in person. We were talking. I, yeah, go, I wish I could do nice that. Dude. He had the hair pick in there. I can't do that. You know what? Reason. You know what's really? What? Uh, it's really annoying. So after UFC Atlantic City, I, yes? I was at that. Okay. And I was out on the boardwalk afterward. And, like, oh, all there the fans you were, just lo- grabbing yourself a little taffy. Tell us more. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Uh, oh, no, I, oh, oh. And by the way, Jimmy, fuck you. I'm probably waiting in a hot dog line. Go fuck yourself. I listened <laughs> to the beginning of that fucking episode. You don't remember. Oh, he's probably in line. He's supposed to be on the phone earlier. And uh, yeah, he's probably in line for a line or something, Chris. No, uh, probably in line for a hot dog line. Or- That's right. I forgive you. Should you? All you've been doing is talking about how fat I got. Right. I look good though, Jimmy, right? I didn't you look average. Well, go ahead, Chris, the producer. Good no, I was just, I was just, it's not even like really a great go story, ahead. but I, I was out on the boardwalk and Israel Adesanya was at that event and I saw him walking by, I guess, with his friend or a yeah. manager and I should have gone up to him and just be like, hey, I produced, <laughs> God, you can boo me, but I should have gone well, up to him. That's a great story. I, I know. I'm trying Wait, to think how on. to build a hold mini on, series around this. Could you tell the story again? Uh, you yeah. were on, a, tell the story one more time because yeah. I don't think, I was looking at my phone for a second. It's night. It's night time. When was this? In Atlantic City. Okay. Is this a funny story or is this a no, dramatic I, story? So what happens? Go ahead. What happens? I was just saying I, I should have approached it. It's something I regret not not going up to because sure. now, now everybody's going to know who he is, you know? Yeah, I mean, obviously. No, that's a good story. <laughs> that story. No, I like the first of all, the story, it, it, it grows on you. It's we, captivating. we open up. Sure. The more you tell the story. Yeah, we open. Chris is walking, hands in pockets on AC. <laughs> yeah. He's being stalked by four and local he, and youths. Basically, uh-huh. the story is he's seen... Israel Adesanya. Uh, the last style bender on the boardwalk. And a friend. And a friend. Right. And he didn't say anything. Chris is like, I should have talked, talked to him. I should have talked to him. It's one of those. I see, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of what the arc would be for the miniseries. <laughs> I, I see 10 episodes. Speaking sure. of miniseries, do you have any more news? Well, what, what do you think about this oh, fight? I mean, oh, oh, um, I think it's I think it's a problem for Anderson. I, I think he's yeah. dealing. I think if I he fought too. him, and after he got out of uh, the fucking time machine, if he drove that DeLorean to uh, fucking whatever it was, and uh, and and fought him, that back in time, that'd be different in his prime. Agree, right I totally now, agree. I think the speed. Didn't we? Did we? Did we talk about this with Anderson? No, with Anderson. Anderson. No, I mean, did John we talk Jones. about this with John Jones about Anderson or no? What the fuck we talk about? I thought we did. No, no, no. no. Fuck, I'm out of my mind. No. <laughs> No, what we, we talked about this. We way? talked about it a little bit before Wait. that maybe that was something we could bring up, but oh, we didn't, okay. we didn't okay. really get I into we it. We talked about this, uh, but I agree, right? Speed uh, and accuracy is going to be an issue there. I think. Yes. Yeah, yes. I mean, look, but it, but again, one of the guys we were talking to before pointed out that Anderson's a bigger guy. Yes, talk to me. Yep. But uh, you know, again, Brunson is uh, Brunson went the distance with Silva, and he knocked him out in the first round. And even though there's no threat of uh, there's no threat of being taken down, usually by. Uh, by by Anderson probably if he could if he had to I mean Jesus Christ he right. certainly fucking finished Chael on the ground in in round five right the t- I mean the the clinch the tie clinch could be a, a, an issue in that fight I mean obviously Stylebender's shown that he can he can get out of those positions and and stay at distance but that could be you know one of the elements that that he's not used to fighting Alec Anderson Silva but yeah you know yeah I think it's probably. It's probably an Israel Adesanya. Yeah, I, I always say that that's a, a good fight for Israel. I was happy to, like, when he knocked out Brunson, that showed me a lot because nobody expected a first round knockout of Dark Brunson. Oh, yeah. Um, and that, so that fight is. Uh, well, unofficial, but that's. Has would, been announced. Yeah, Dana yeah. told me that the last time I saw him. He, he's like, he's fighting uh, 
I could. I wanted to say it so bad just so I'd finally have the scoop. <laughs> but uh, this was a good episode. I mean, I had uh, so much fun, Jimmy. Yeah, John. Do you want to John... hear about the news? The new series. <laughs> sure, Jim, Jimmy. Yeah. I got a new app, Jimmy. Wait, is this not an official Matt's Movie Minute? Well, it's no, not it's a, a movie, okay. but hit that thing anyway because I want people to pay attention. Matt's Miniseries Minute. I switched it up a little bit. Hi, hi, everybody. It works. Hi. Now, listen. Go on now. Now, I talked to my buddy over there at Collider, Kristen Harloff. All right? Now, I told you I did that show, Collider. It's like the geek show. Sure. The podcast about all geeky shit that I love. Absolutely. Comic book movies. Oh, man. Dancing. You say dancing? Yeah. No, that's, that's not what it's about. Jimmy. I'm sorry. But listen, and I, I, I asked about this. I don't know if I got a... Nobody really pushed me to get it. But right. then I was on vacation, and I told you my, my, my brother-in-law was with me, uh, Edwin. Edwin, yes. And Edwin, like myself, is a little bit of a man-child. Yeah. You know what I mean? Big man-child. Big 300-pound sure. man-child. And he likes a lot of the, the shit Did people like. bother him in the park when he's walking around? <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> Did people no. hassle him? One guy came up to me like, hey... Oh, you know, whatever. You know, you watch the fights, and he brought up the podcast, and he's like, "Who's the big guy?" Because <laughs> I got Edwin next to me. I think people think I walk around like a bodyguard. Or no, something. but do people like pick on Edwin and try to be disrespectful? Not really. No. <laughs> <laughs> Call him fucking, a bitch and stuff guy's like that. Gigantic. He's a big guy. Yeah, he's strong, dude, and uh, good, good. And man. he can fight. So, um, what's that? And he can fight. And he can fight, man. He can fight. And, uh, and so, listen, we're there, and. I was talking to him about the uh, this new app for the DC Universe. I don't 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 make fun of me. Why you like the that DC stuff? Universe app? It's Hello. about it's. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I got a call. Come <laughs> <laughs> on, Jimmy. <laughs> Holy fuck! Oh shit! I'm lighted. You're gonna make the show go longer. Yeah, you made me cry. Oh fuff, Jimmy. Listen, Jimmy. I know it. I know um, um, you're tuning out. Right? I'm not tuning out at all. You're tuning out now. I'm right with you. Liz, can you just give me two minutes to talk about this? I'm right with you. Oh, is this thing charging? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, oh, it is. oh, yeah. How right, many times I've said that to women? <laughs> <laughs> listen to me, Jimmy. It's it, Listen, it's a DC streaming service. Do you, you know the chess championship <laughs> was drawn? It was a draw? <laughs> Fuck you! Listen to me. 12 games you, in a Jimmy, row. Sorry. What I like about this streaming service is you get... All like DC content, and one of them, one of the things on this DC, it's easy. You know, like, it's only like seventy five bucks for the whole year. But listen to me, That's not bad. listen to me, it's a good Fuck bargain, Jimmy. Listen. Let me tell you, besides a lot of like, you know, those cartoon movies I told you about, like the uh, the Flashpoint paradox, and like hardcore. I've never seen it. But it's listen to me. Do you like it? All right, forget about that. All right. That's all. All that shit's on this this it's service. Old but listen to me, DC. What I love, mm -hmm. what I am, I let me tell you. If this was on HBO or something, people would be talking about this fucking show. It's the Sopranos. <laughs> could, could, you, could you let me talk about the show? Sorry, I'm, I'm excited about this show. Could you let me talk about yeah, it? Yeah, the, 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 the UFC army wants to hear You're not this. wrong. It's called Titans. It's called Titans. I've heard of it. And oh my, Jimmy. Oh, What? Jimmy, it's so much fun. You know how I like the Netflix, like the Marvel shows on Netflix, like Daredevil. Yes, I, I, they were they they were like the gold standard for me. Like the first Daredevil in the second season with Punisher. I like the Punisher too. It was cool. I think this might trump them all. I like the way it's going. Do you it's need hard. to know anything to watch? You don't it? need to know shit. Okay. They explain everything. It's basically about Dick Grayson. <laughs> 
excuse me. Who's Dick Grayson? That's, that's the first Robin. That's Robin. Robin okay. And he's a bad mother jumper in this, dude. I clean up my language. Are you oh, sure? It's like Teen Titans. It is like Teen Titans. Okay. And it's a cartoon with that. It's very goofy and it's right. giddy. And, and I saw I took my kids to see Wait. that movie. Oh, okay. And it's. um. But this is not a cartoon. I don't like. No, no. It's not. Definitely not for kids. Hardcore shit going on in here. Where is it? On the DC Hardcore. Only? Hardcore fight scenes. Wait, where can I see this? It's on DC. That's the thing. You can't see it on People, Netflix? No. What they stop it? You know why? Because mm-hmm. this is like the Netflix for nerds. It's the DC Universe app. I told you, dude. It's even like seven something a, a month or $74 for the year. I know that because I And they produce content. Okay. Oh, the content. I, I mean, this thing, I'm, I, I don't binge watch shit. I watched four episodes the other day. How many episodes and, uh, are there? I think like 12 or something. It's like, it's like the Netflix. One season. One season. I fucking love this show. I'm so into it. I'm so it's so cool. And the characters are good. And it's uh it's I'm such a nerd. I, I was laughing because you're like, it's so cool. It's, it, dude, I'm a big kid, I know. Yeah. But I like when things are done well. That's sure. what I like, Jimmy. I like and how about the character Jeff? G-E-O-F-F. Who's that? Isn't there a character? <laughs> no, there's not a character, Jeff. Jeff. Does Jimmy, flips and stuff. Jimmy, there's not a character, Jeff. No. But let me tell you. There's a little possessed girl that. that and oh, it's just I don't so, need to see that. No, no, no. There's a. There's, I, I got to get their names down. I'm still new to this. Sure. But I gotta. I gotta go back on Collider because I gotta geek. I was gonna hit now that guy. It's, it's another guy that I, I'm acting like I'm closer with than I really am. This guy Christian, yeah. like because because he used to watch me fight and I was on the show. So now if I get excited about geek stuff. I was about to text him on Sunday. I go, I'm not that close with this no, guy. He doesn't, doesn't want to get balled on a no, Sunday. Now he's with his family. Right. He's getting blown. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy, the show is Titans. This is what I want you to do. Right. And this is how I got into it. Because, oh, back to Edwin. He got the thing first. Oh, so we're at, we're at Ciro's house, you know, over in Florida. Uh, after Disney, he was in Tarpid Springs. You know, we visited over sure. there. We had Thanksgiving out there, you it know. It was nice. And, oh, we had a good time. Oh, we had a good time over Did you have turkey? No, I didn't have any turkey. I had gluten-free pasta. Did you? That's what I do. Okay. Thank you. And so, and it's some steak. Turkey. You don't like turkey? I have nothing against turkey. My You're not in the mood for it. Not, I don't like turkey too much. Okay. Sorry, Jimmy. Uh, so listen, Jimmy. So so Edwin, he downloaded this thing first, and he was balls deep into it right after Thanksgiving. That dude watched, he binged four episodes right there on his, on on his, his iPad? iPhone. On his iPhone. And I go, How dude, is it that good? And I couldn't watch phone. it because my kids are all over mm-hmm. me. You know what I mean? My kids are all over me. So when we got back, oh, by the way, really quick, let me just tell you my disaster. I know we're closing soon here. Yeah. Jimmy, I missed the plane. We had to go to t- drive back to Orlando to get home. We had a two o'clock flight. On the way back, Traffic that my youngest threw up a little bit. We had to pull off the road, go back. We missed the fucking flight. Wait, what time did you leave for the airport? Two o'clock flight. Two o'clock flight? We left at, at 10 o'clock. Four hours early. How far was it? It was a couple hours away. So you Kinda didn't give yourself close. enough time. And, <laughs> yeah, and I mean, why, obviously not. The kid got car sick and you had to go back when? And if you tell that to my wife, you know what she'll say? What? I have to get, I have to get four people ready. So and that's not including yourself. That's my three kids and me. So she'll, <laughs> so she'll leave. You guys left. Like your, one of your daughters got car sick, which happens. Yeah, yeah. And then you had to go back. Yeah. Why did you have to go the, back? Well, go back where? You said no, you we didn't have to go back. We had to pull off to a rest stop and oh. get her cleaned up a little bit. Got back on the road. We got there. We missed it by whatever, how many minutes. Wait, did so you now, miss the boarding? Was the plane still there? The plane was still there. It's a, it was a 154 plane. We got to the fucking thing by 130. You know, were you mad when they wouldn't? Yeah, leave? we had a lot of bags to put on. We understood. Well, I don't give a fuck. Whatever. I know. I know. I knew when we're not there an hour before that we're not going to most likely get on. So what'd you, you know? do? So you know, we had to get the rent to call back to. So then, so we, so uh, you know, what we did was they they booked us on an eight o'clock flight. 
Oh, no, six hours at the end, but what's the matter with that? That's fine. You know, with the chilies. With the chilies. My kids had to catch up on some homework, you know? So anyway, so we get on this fucking flight, right? You just hung out at the airport? Dude. Yeah, we hung out at the airport all day, like fucking Tom Hanks in that shitty movie. Were you pissed? uh, We could have been home already. No, you don't. No, I wasn't. I I could be. I'm hanging with my family. I'm going to have a good time, but anyway. And so anyway, so we get on this plane. Now, listen, there was, I never dealt with, turbulence like this in my life oh. in my life and it's one of those things where if it's just you it's one thing I don't give I'd be like whatever I had a good life but I'm like yo I feel bad for my kids I actually and this never happened to me on a plane I fucking had to th- I threw up a little in a fucking bag wow. that's why I Chili's. think it was that bad huh <laughs> Came up. it was bad Jimmy it was up and were you guys down. going it was, over storms it was when we were like in the descent but then it was it was 15 minutes of like, oh, well, people, oh, one of those. And oh, wow. my kids, I'm looking back, and they were pretty cool, except for I get my youngest one. Did I, the girl throw up again, the one who got no, sick? No, I thought she was. But so I was, because we missed it, we put them three in a row. My wife's across from them in the other aisle seat, and I'm in front of them on the right, you know, and whatever, the row up front. So I had to keep looking back. I think me keep looking back, making sure they're okay. Got my belly upset. Were you in clouds? Oh, you couldn't tell because it was dark. But know. isn't that the worst, though? Like, I, I had that going into Seattle. Where you, it's like, it's like, it's like, like that, that, those are horror. Even though you know you're safe, like intellectually, yeah, I know, yeah. I know what the plane looks like. The wings are just doing this. You're fucking fine. Yeah, it doesn't interfere at all. So fun and games. Do you know what I do? I put my headphones on. I dance a little. This is true. I was so nervous going into Seattle with heavy turbulence. I saw that. And it was not good. But I bottom line is I was just kind of like moving mm-hmm. a little bit. And you know what? This way, when the fucking plane jostles, you're already moving. Yeah. It's not as. What if big. you got no rhythm? What if I started doing the robot? I did have no rhythm, and the robot would have been an improvement. But I didn't care how I looked. All I cared about was not being scared anymore. There was a robot in Titans. Were you scared? Uh, <laughs> no, I wasn't. I wasn't scared. I was getting more nauseous though. But when it landed, it makes you just want to hug everybody. The plane was more. dropping. We had such a good time. But listen, back to Titans. The casting, Jimmy. Yeah, it was shitty. But we got home. We had a great vacation, you know. And I'm happy to be back here with you guys. Yeah. But let me tell you something that I want people. This is what you do. You go on YouTube and you check out. See that you can see little scenes on this show, Titans. Titans on the DC Universe. And you'll see clips of Robin fighting people and fucking them up. And you see this Hawking Dove. On? Oh, man, there's this couple Hawking. I know it sounds really. Dude, I'm not going to be doing this. Does Robin credit. have his little cape on? Robin's a bad. Robin actually has some issues, man. Like they're, they're like saying like, yo, like he's became like a maniac. Like when he starts fucking people up, it's almost like you got to pull him off him. It is. It, I I am so impressed with this show that I want to talk about it because I want people to get this okay. thing. Because I have no, I have no uh, dog in this race. Let me what? ask you something. Is it a horse in the race? It, it, horse in the race. What about, what about a dog that races? That's not the way it works. <laughs> it, now, is there? I would always say I don't have any dog in this porn. You know, if I was watching a German film. <laughs> now let me ask. Oh, you, is this before or after he was with Batman? It's at, well, it's not before. I mean, Batman trained though. Look at me. I'm like, but that's a real nerd who's like, duh, it's not before. I don't know the deal. Batman had to train him, a hole. I wouldn't know. They go into how his parents, I don't want to get into it, but you know, the flying Graysons, we know the story. But they go in, have to, you know, it was like a, they, they, somebody cut the, uh, the, they went to go, they were doing their little high, sure. Fucking, what is the thing? The trapeze. With the, tra- the trapeze. Somebody did a little, somebody, uh, the fucking, uh, did a sabotage. What was it, the Joker? Hmm. <laughs> You're making fun of me. You're making fun of me. <laughs> you making fun of me, Riz? Anyway, guys, listen to me. Get the DC Universe app. You don't have to. If you're a geek like me, you should. 
because damn, that show Titans is good. Check it out on YouTube. You might want to buy it. What else, Christopher? No, and just to be clear, I don't know if you guys really understood how empty the boardwalk was. When I'm there, it really was scary, right? Because yeah. AC is not a great area. No, and this and now the style bender's walking by. I should have said I don't. You he, fright, he frightened you? No, he didn't frighten me. But I good. I, just didn't know what to do. Didn't good, know what to Chris, do. Good. Yeah. Well, listen, this was a hey, uh, what a show. This was fun. I enjoyed this. We're glad you're Batman. Uh, Batman. I'm Batman. And um, thanks to John Jones for coming yes. in. I, I really enjoyed talking to John. That's yeah, great. Um, I'm happy he's back fighting. I cannot wait for this fight with Gustafson. And uh, congratulations to Ingano for getting the uh, ship straightened out. This is a big week for us, Jimmy. It is. So you know who's coming in next episode? Should we tell him or no? We have rumors that Max Holloway's coming. In. That's true, yeah. I hope he comes in. I'm sure his concussion stuff is okay or he wouldn't be fighting. Right. Him and Brian Ortega, they fight next week, right? Or two weeks from uh, That's December 8th, oh, so it's the week after. Okay. Next. Good. I'm, I'm doing Chip Chipperson in Philly <laughs> the 7th, so that I will go home after that and watch the 8th. It'd be wonderful. I can't wait. I'm going to go find a girl. I'm going to have her come over. I'm going to make love to her. Watching ah, the fight. That's great. The last thing I do is make love watching a UFC fight. So I don't want her to see the shape I'm in compared to these guys. Yeah? Yeah. Brian Ortega with his ponytail. She's like, ooh, I want to fuck him. Like, she she might get all worked up for you. No. No? No. It's a fun episode, Jimmy. Anything else to plug? That's it, buddy. Uh, Chip Chippers is the podcast. And uh, Sarah BJJ. Dot com. I'll see you Thursday. Matt Sarah BJJ on Instagram. See you Thursday. See you then, buddy. Make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Radio.com, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. It's not my business. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.